Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One, two, three, four. Filled with odd fright. Jurassic right in ember light. See Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, right, right. See Jurassic right, right, right. See Jurassic right, right, right. See Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic Park. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's a that's a better place than any to start this podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everyone. Uh, see Jurassic Right listeners. This is a special. Um, I don't know if I'm putting this out on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I don't know what's better for like. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a surprise. Um, but we're sitting here. Uh, my guests were drinking wine. We are. Yes, we're drinking wine. There's a fire going. <laughs> Not a real fire. It's a Netflix fire. Ne- I mean, look, Netflix fire and chill. It's the whole. It's the. It's the. This is the world we live in now. I really want the uh, the um, uh, closed caption with crackles to come back up. Yes. Any minute now. That's that's the kind of world we're living in. Again, we're hanging out with Gigi, the rag doll over there on Instagram. She cute. Um, very cute, and I'm hanging out with the. Uh, <laughs> marketing brand manager for Mattel and the Jurassic World toy line. It's Brit Shots. It me. Um, because it's Christmas, and what better to talk about for Christmas than toys? Because, I mean, for for listeners, know as I'm pulling off more cat hair off this mic. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I mean, there's so many cats. Uh, but 
last Christmas I did a um, for season one of you know the, the OG season one official season one of see Jurassic right I did a whole episode about toys and, and receiving gifts because that's such an important um, part of you know when you're a kid like that's all you're like oh, I can't wait to you know yeah. see what I get for Christmas and it was a great episode I think because everyone should go back and listen to it um, Chris Pugh was part of it from Jurassic Outpost oh, yeah. And Chris, Chris. Chris Vermonte, uh, Amaltiak, as you know, has been on the show a bunch. And so many people shared stories. And it wasn't just necessarily, like, for me, like, getting getting this for Christmas, but all the kind of stories of whether you were getting branded toys, whether you were just getting generic dinosaurs, the memories you had with your family and all that stuff. But here today, we're here to specifically talk to Mattel <laughs> Toys because this has been such a uh, such a big year for Jurassic Park Toys. Um which has made me excited because I'm collecting toys again and I never thought I would. So the the reality is, is that I'm so happy to be here chatting with you about it. Um, and we and I even brought some, uh, a few dinosaurs, which will maybe spoil in a little bit. I'm but, so excited about this. Um, but no, yeah, it's just, it's just for me. And also for me, because uh, as listeners know, it's like the one TBT I share all the time. Cause it's my, it's still my like, favorite Jurassic related childhood image which is me with the Kenner Visitor Center and the like oh yeah that's um, a great set like just like six year old Steven shirtless you know (laughs) probably like probably probably was naked and they're like okay if we're gonna take a picture of you we need to put some shorts on you you know Uh, because that's the kind of child I was just naked all the time but um yeah, this like that to me is like such a big part of my Jurassic memories growing up is that Christmas after Jurassic Park came out, for sure. uh, uh, getting to open all these toys on Christmas and stuff, you know, very feeling very lucky and that being a big part. So for me, it's like I can't like to me as much as like Jurassic Park sometimes is a Thanksgiving movie question mark. Like a lot of people, is this kind of the same thing in like the whole question around is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, yeah. Is Jurassic Park a Thanksgiving movie? Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of turkeys in it, Um, but uh, but yeah, to me, Jurassic Park is also very much a Christmas, not a Christmas movie per se. I mean, Jurassic World is technically a post-Christmas movie. Oh yeah. According to, excuse me. Oh, see, I'm the one who got the the rose, so I'm the one going to be burping the whole time. But. yeah, I think Colin uh, said on confirmed on Twitter, but people were like, "Is it a Christmas movie or not?" And it's like, no, they're still on Christmas break. Christmas has just happened, and then they're they're gonna go check out the park before the kids go back to school. But they never go back to school. No, <laughs> their 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 trauma they're afterwards. For life. Yeah, their trauma afterwards. Yep. they're never going back to school ever again. They're, they're like still in. They're still in counseling. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why would I go back to school when I've seen people being eaten by dinosaurs? Yeah. It's horrifying. Oh, I wish I was them. Um, but before we start talking about the toys, because I wanted to basically do like a 12 days of Christmas of like my favorite Mattel toys of the year. And I wanted to hear it. Uh, your thoughts on it because you were those are your babies. They are. They are. <laughs> Sorry, Gigi. Babies. Sorry, Gigi. <laughs> cover your ears. Cover, cover a little for ears. Um, no, they are my babies. Uh, and I always like to joke like, oh, I love my babies equally, but I definitely have favorites. I do. Um, every, every parent does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I do like, I always like to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that I have this ridiculously, amazingly talented team that I work with every single day. So they are my babies. 
Um, I am one person working on this awesomely talented team of people. Uh, so I always like to say like my comments are representative of a ton of hours spread across all of those folks. Um, and you know, we just kind of share the love and share the load. Oh, for uh, sure. So yeah, but I, I would love to like give you some funny anecdotes of yeah. our time working on this brand and I can definitely share some of my favorites and, uh, you know, it's we've had a lot of really, really great, funny, amazing, rewarding moments over the last couple of years. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, yeah, also because it feels like it it was way. I feel like, you know, when when we knew the public uh, knew was like so much later, I feel like then. Oh, it, yeah. And to us, it was like, oh, my gosh, we're learning this so early because this thing's not happening till next year or like two years from now. And it was like you guys were already like in the trenches. Yes. Uh, doing it um but yeah i guess i guess my first question i thought you were like handing me like more wine i was adjusting my sweater (laughs) i love it um yeah i was gonna say you're much more holiday themed than i am i feel like i'm in my degrassi i like your degrassi thank you i've got like a little fair isle going on that is what that is what that's called right it's like the sort of Icelandic oh, yeah, sweater yeah. print. I mean, it's the holidays. You got it. Well, I found out this is, I was not intending to like go off on a tangent about sweater designs. <laughs> no, do it. Um, but uh, no, actually now that I'm looking at it, I don't see it on the particular sweater that I'm wearing, but there is this little like woven star pattern that has this whole history behind it, but it's something that like, American Eagle and Abercrombie and Aeropostale have sort Oh, of, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, um, claimed as their own. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I can see it in my head. Yeah. But... It's not, it's not like Icelandic or something, but it's like their star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's at their place, it's very much... Because on we did a Christmas episode of the Percast last year, um, which Britt has been a guest of. So go back and listen to that. Ooh, yes. um, and then I get to talk all about my cat. Yes, exactly. Cats it's like dinos. It's dinos like a choose cats. your own adventure. Um, <laughs> but no, like we talked about the Yule cat and like all the scary like Scandinavian cat stories that happen around Christmas. Oh, Jesus. Were they still children for not being grateful? You know, like wait. Cats do that. That's not yeah, Krampus. Yeah. Not no. It's like a variation. Krampus? Like like sometimes Krampus has like a buddy basically and it's a cat so and sometimes sometimes the yule cat acts alone yeah it's a whole it's a whole thing it's crazy the yule cat acts alone like that that needs to be that's a line from something yeah the yule cat acts alone my god um haunt my dreams tonight i mean Uh, yes uh but i was gonna no i was gonna ask i mean how did you just just for listeners like how did you get started not just at Mattel, but like, how did you fall into the world of like toy toys, I guess? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like there's so many people growing up. You're like, oh, man, I want to work for Lego or I want to work for Mattel or, I, you know, like yeah. it's just that that's always like I feel like there's so many people. I'm sure so many people that you've talked to through through, you know, working for Mattel and because and, you're you were like probably the most like open and social with fans yeah, of like yeah. anybody which is like, I feel like everyone really loves you and like looks up to you in the community, I think, because it's like, oh, hey, somebody works for this big company like Mattel. And it's like, but it's somebody who's actually like a person and is talking and isn't just speaking in like corporate speak or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't even, I don't know if I'm like capable of that. I mean, (laughs) I can, I can, I prefer not to. Um, And to your, to your point, like I, yes, I'm, I always try and like, 
ride that fine line of am I more open than I should be? Probably. Um, but I love talking to you guys and I love engaging with you guys. And like we've become really good friends as a result yeah. of this, which is phenomenal. Um, but I will I, I always tell people like I will answer any question that you ask of me in it insofar as I'm allowed to <laughs> insofar as will not get me fired. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do think that like I hope that that has gone, you know, some way toward giving you guys confidence that the people behind the brand, like, like it's a bunch of me's on, on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're all totally 100% in on this franchise. We love, love the Jurassic films. We love the characters. Um, we're passionate about, you know, bringing these amazing items to life. Uh, and, and it's something that, you know, I, I feel bad sometimes that like I've become this sort of like public face of the brand. That was never intentional, by the way. That's like all come down to I just post my entire life on Instagram. And I think a lot of people know that quality drinks, quality food as well. Thanks. That's always I always tell people like you're going to be really disappointed if you follow me thinking it's like all Jurassic content all the time because it's a lot of cats and a lot of cocktails. I mean, but those are two great things as well, too. And I love that Gigi just your foot she totally did oh hey mom <laughs> oh she's been real cute right now um but yeah but, no, but yeah I, yeah i was gonna say like how did you get into this because again i feel like it's growing up so many people think of like how do i become that like yeah. kind of thing yeah um i would love to say that i have like this handy dandy roadmap to be able to give people um the truth of the matter is i kind of stumbled into what i'm doing now like i started when i first started um, out of college, like thinking I was doing what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was in music. I was like a recording. I I was um, a recording session singer in Nashville, like working as a singer songwriter and working at a publishing company. Like I did not start in toys. I didn't start in marketing. I didn't start in, in business, um, music business. Uh, But I had, a pretty bumpy road of that for about six years. Um, I decided I was going to go back to school. I went back and got my master's. Um, and actually my first, my first, I like to like use air quotes, grown up job, um, <laughs> uh, coming out of that program was I worked for Coca-Cola. Wow. So I was doing, um, trade marketing, digital marketing, uh, brand management, brand development, uh, for Coke. Uh, they, um, had, wow, they have a good brand brand manager, <laughs> yeah. go to parties. It's great. No. Oh wait, different kind of, anyway, different, slight, slightly different, a little bit different. Um, but, uh, yeah, Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was working for them in Sydney, uh, at their APAC <sighs> office, so cool. which was really, really cool. Um, I did that for a few years. They like sponsored me to stay on, um, for a few years. Uh, amazing, amazing, life-changing experience. <laughs> She's so cute right now. She just like put her paw on my foot. That's so adorable. Ugh. I love you. I love you, kitty kitty. Um, anyway, uh, now that I've dealt with that cat distraction. Uh, yeah, so I was working for Coke overseas. Uh, it was amazing. And I got a little bit homesick towards the end of that, that, um, time there and decided I was going to come back to the States. I had a very, very good friend at the time. She's been my best friend since God, like sixth grade. Um, but she was telling me, she's like, okay, you know, you've lived in, you've lived in Sydney. Like you've gotten a taste for this kind of like 
lifestyle on the coast. Like you should come to California. And she lives, she lives in Santa Monica now. Oh, cool. And she was like, you should come out here. I think you'd really like it. There are a ton of companies based here. You know, you're very creative and you know, you have this great experience with Coke. You should just see who's based out here. And I took to LinkedIn and was just looking to see what jobs were out there and what companies were hiring. Um, Mattel was like the first one that really, I was like, oh my God, I have to talk to these people. I have to try and, you know, get my foot in the door because I am a huge nostalgia um, fiend. <laughs> like I just thrive on it. I have always been someone who I have a deep affinity uh, for pop culture. Um, I, I like, I would not necessarily classify myself as like a lifelong toy collector. Sure. Um, I held on to things over the years that I deemed like important to me. Uh, and, and that had, you know, these deep, meaningful things that resonated for me. Uh, but it wasn't something where I, you know, I wasn't like collecting deep into specific licenses or anything like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, but I do that now, but yeah. at well, the time I wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think now I think growing up, it was, it was much more a holistic, holistic, like, or, um, you had to get everything, yes. but I think now we live in a world where because nerd culture is so much more uh, accepted, yes. it's like, well, I don't like you can pick your poison. Yeah, and and you don't and you don't necessarily have to get everything because yes. there's just so much. Well, I mean, that, you could turn around right now. I literally have a Super Seven Christmas edition of He Man oh. sitting on my kitchen table. Because it was just something that I saw it and I love Masters of the Universe. Like yeah. Motu is awesome. Obviously Mattel property. <laughs> uh, and it was like, that's the first He-Man toy I've ever bought. Because I loved it. I now have this, you know, even deeper appreciation because I'm working side by side with people, you know, who have worked on this brand and designed oh, these toys. Sure, yeah. And it's also given me another deep level of appreciation for that because I loved She-Ra when I was little. And so I had She-Ra toys, but now this is my first He-Man toy oh, I've cool. ever owned. So it is something that like I'm I'm getting into now. Uh and obviously, you know, Jurassic Park uh is like this huge movie moment in my life. Like it's my favorite film of all time. Uh, it resonated me with me in a way when I went to go see it in theaters, I went with my dad and um, I came away from that. Like it was such a life changing yeah. experience for me. Like I, it's hard to put into words. And so like knowing that there's this whole community of people around it that like, have such a rich deep knowledge of both the franchise and also the historicals you know on the toys yeah, yeah. like i actually look to like i love well, love following people in the collector community because it's like an educational experience yeah. for me well and i think too like it's it's so different because you know if you like star wars toys maybe you like marvel action figures even yeah. before the mcu there was such a there was such a long history of it whereas jurassic park was so it was just of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think like it almost makes you it, I think it made everybody just like explode. <laughs> like because personally for me, it's like it was that my joke was that if I ever have fuck you money, it was to just be <laughs> just to get all the original Kenner toys. Oh, yeah. And just to like have a room for it because it's like that. 
I never thought I would, I never thought I could get those toys again from yep. my childhood because it breaks my heart to go into my attic and then look and just see my Dilophosaurus like covered in paint oh, yeah. and to have like arms split off, you know, and, and, and I, I mean, and I believe that toys should be played with too, but, but I think now was such a perfect time because it was like so many of us, it's like we can just now we can start getting I mean that's what I think I was telling you it's like my favorite thing is like I love that I was able to that I even today just to go to Target and just be like any I can just see that there's dinosaurs on the shelf and I'm like this is it just like kind of for me I think really just kind of connects me a little bit more to my childhood in a way that I never thought I would like appreciate because it's not like I necessarily have memories of Jurassic Park toys like I don't have tons of memories of me being in Target when I was like six because I don't remember anything. No. I remember getting the toys though. So then it's, that's just that little connection. But it connection. was probably under the tree at Christmas. Yes. And you remember playing with them. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, I was going to say earlier, I, f- I almost refer to myself as more a nostalgic vampire rather than, a, Love it. you know, but, I'm but, stealing that. but it's that thing like, yeah, it's just that now in like 2018, we're able to even just, no matter what level of like investment, whether it's like, you know, you're just getting this kind of toy or that, or you're opening them or you're not opening them. The fact that like, we can still, we can go to target now and just be like, cool, they're there. Like that, that I think is, I feel like for me, just talking to people seems to be like, that's the, like, that's cool. You know, And it's opening this up for like the thing that's really exciting for me. And like my moment that I had, like I worked Comic-Con this last year and I like full on cried like four times talking to various people coming through the booth. Um, the thing that I love and and the thing that's really exciting for me is that for a lot of people, a lot of people our age, like they have kids and for them, this is them getting to introduce this thing that has been so integral to their lives. And, you know, this, this, this thing that they've d- dove so deep into and have such a deep affinity for, like they're now getting to share that with their kids but it's in a way that's like new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. And I actually had, um, it was a dad who came by the booth with his son, uh, when, when we were in San Diego this last summer and you know, it was, it was a a couple months after the toys had come out. Uh, and we had, you know, a, a huge booth presence. It was, it was a really amazing activation and, you know, it was all about like what's exciting and what's new. But then I had so many people coming through that were just like, I have been a fan of this, these movies my entire life. Like I remember the Kenner toys from when I was little and now you've given me toys that I can now play out these stories with my kids all over again. Oh yeah. And it's like been this amazing bonding experience for me and my kids. And like, I like full on <laughs> like broke down crying, could not. You're like, I don't Oh my God. I don't care about these puppies being reunited with their owners. <laughs> I care about Jurassic park toys. Bringing families. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that that to me, I didn't even think about that because it's like Star Wars is, has always been the kind of cross-generational thing. But yes. now but now, when Jurassic Park is going to be 30 in a couple years, yes. oh, uh, <laughs> like it, it really is like, I mean, there's just so many people in our, in, in like who are see Jurassic Right listeners, especially who are like, who will send in stories, people like Dusty and her son and like just people like that who it's like they are doing those kind of things that you're saying and you're yeah. just like, oh, I didn't even think about that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's that's, oh, that's it, so cool. It put it in a whole new perspective for me because like for me, it was a dream come true getting to work on this franchise because like obviously I had that, you know, deep love for the original film. 
I like the subsequent movies, but like Jurassic Park was was the be all end all for me. Uh, and in my head, like it's like, oh, that's great. And now, as you know, it's my dream come true. I'm getting to make dinosaur toys. But I didn't think of like the broader implications that were really at play here. Oh, for I sure. didn't think about the fact that this was like reigniting this thing in people's lives that like, you know, had almost not lain dormant over the years, but the comments that we've gotten from people about like, this is a renaissance. It's yeah, a yeah. renaissance for the brand. And like, yeah. my God, to be able to be a part of that is like stupid. It's just insane. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I can't even imagine because it's, it's almost like it was taken for granted in a way because yes. it's like, this is yes. I mean, obviously there was the, the, the community that's kind of like lit the candles, you know, during the, the middle ages, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it was a toy collector who, actually kind of reignited the flame for me, the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park. But then also it was Jurassic Collectibles who were like, when yeah. when it was like, for me, like when you were like, because yeah, like, like probably most of high, like say after Jurassic Park 3, like my Jurassic Park fandom like really like just disappeared for almost 10 years. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was, yeah, like uh, the 20th anniversary and the, the Jurassic Collectibles so that was like it's almost like perfect that those were the two things to like reignite not just the movie itself but like the love of the getting to have it be part of your life you know yes. so it, yeah it's so weird I'm like oh my gosh you're right like this is just yeah it's gonna be we're just like the tip of the iceberg right now almost it's crazy um, but yeah because uh, they announced they did they announced at what last Comic Con right like in 2017 that they was switching. To Mattel that you guys got it? Or was we, it 2016? We got the license in 2016. Okay. Um, which is when I started working on the brand. Yes. Uh, I came on, I actually came on shortly after after we got the license. Oh, cool. So I was pretty much there from the inception of like designing the architecture and actually concepting out the toys themselves. Whoa. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. And that's, I, um, so I was sitting next to uh, a lot of, a lot of the people who are like really active in the fan community probably know like Kristen Sanzari. Uh, she's one of our, um, one of our lead designers on Jurassic. Uh, she's a very, very dear friend of mine. And we almost always sit next to each other in meetings. <laughs> and so her and I were sitting next to each other in a team meeting yesterday. And she had, uh, she had one of her notebooks, like almost all of us take notebooks to our meetings and we just doodle and like take notes and everything is, you know. Her, in in the cases of the designers, it's probably more doodling. Well, yeah, it's it's yes. that's that's they're they're working technically, yes, exactly you know. Right. So, um, Kristen had uh had a doodle, um, a sketch in uh in her notebook because she had kind of flipped back to the very very front of the notebook, and she was probably about you know like nine or ten pages in, and it was uh it was a sketch that she had of literally one of the very first concepts we ever had for one of the toys. Oh wow! And at the beginning of the line, and I. I looked, I looked at it and I'm just like, where did that come from? And she goes, this is from the like beginning of when we started working on this. And I'm looking at it. And I'm just like, oh my God, that concept. And I, I like, I can't even say what it is, but it's like that concept went through probably seven different iterations before it got to the final product of what you see on shelf. And so to go back and really think, on like where we started and where like where we were dreaming from the beginning and 
the things that did make it to shelf, the things that kind of, you know, died along the way and, Mm -hmm. and other things that transformed and took on a different life. Like it getting to see this over the course of that time and like being on the brand these entire last two plus years, like it has just been so incredible because I now get to look back and think like, Oh my God, how far we've come, (laughs) how far we've come. Well, yeah. I mean, that was, I think for when I first moved to LA and when I was working in like motion graphics to me, the most satisfying thing was like being like, wait a minute. I was there from when this was just like, like um, a four sentence pitch and then goes into like concept art exactly. and then style frames and then animatics and then we're shooting it. And then here's the rough, you know, so to, it's a lifespan. Yeah, it, it's really that to me is really exciting yeah. from, you know, it's it's kind of funny because it's I mean, really, in some ways, podcasting, unless it's like fictional or, or like storytelling or yeah. things like that with podcasts, it's like there's really no like before or after it's like, well, here's just the product, you know? Yes. Like we're making it now and then it's out. There's not like, there's, there's not like a, there's not like storyboards of us podcasting. Exactly. It's like, okay. And that's when Steven grabs the glass of wine and you know, and that's why, that's why I always crack up. Like I love whenever I get, whenever I get comments or I see comments like on social media, you know, cause I lurk, I totally lurk. Um, but I love whenever someone is asking a question, you know, or like posing a comment of like, well, why did they do this? And there's this part in the back of my head of like, well, we did that because we originally presented this and then we had this meeting and then three months later we presented it to this person and then it changed to this. And then four months later it became this. And then we actually saw a prototype and we da 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 da. And like, Things just there's this whole winding road that happens from the first concept that you have for a toy to that end result. And to your point, like like what you're producing, it's like it's face value. It's like this is what it is. Like we're sitting here talking. You will edit this. Yeah. And then that is the final product. (laughs) Yeah. Like the whole process happens over how long? I mean, just maybe a couple hours. Okay. If that. My, my, from, from the moment that I, I, you know, make the decision of like, I go to my design team and I say, Hey guys, here's what I think we want to do. Like, I would love for you to come up with, you know, concepts that, you know, deliver on X, Y, and Z. And then let's look at those and figure out what we think is the most achievable and, you know, has the best play value and delivers on, you know, the brand tenants, et cetera, et cetera. From that moment all the way through to finished product in packaging on shelf <laughs> is such a long time year. It's like, it's like probably in some cases it can be like 18 months. Wow. So that's incredible. A lot happens in yeah. that time span. No, I mean, but that's, it's, but that's kind of what, I mean, that's what got me into, I mean, I think that's why I'm in the industry at all, because not only did I think, I think Jurassic Park is a very important movie because it made people want to know how it was done. Yeah. And so people really want to know how that shit, like how those dinosaurs were brought to crackling. Oh, you missed it. Damn it. <laughs> um, how it was brought to life. Uh, but I also think like for me in high school, Lord of the Rings too, of like watching the behind the scenes and seeing like how the, how it all gets made. It just gives you such a like, Oh, I want to be part of that, you know? And, and it, it's now as like an adult. And when you're working in the industry, you're sort of like, Oh, like, I don't know. It's, 
it, it's just it's just such a special feeling because you're like it's a thing that like in some ways you appreciate if people take it for granted because you're like you have no idea honey like oh. and you know what i mean yep. like and you're just like you're safe you're like oh. you get to just enjoy you just it get to enjoy it it's on a such a it's such a pure thing yes and you so you haven't literally like had nightmares about yeah, yeah. <laughs> meetings that you've had about certain items I, I forgot if i ever told you but uh uh for you know how people have like dreams of being like naked at school mm. kind of thing and you have to give a presentation and mm-hmm. you're like oh no i'm naked oh, I I, I hate I, when that happens. Like people ask me, "Oh, do you have like nightmares of like true crime or serial killer stuff from working on my favorite murder for so many years?" And I'm like, "No, my nightmare is Karen and George asked me to come out on stage and I'm naked." Yes, like that's the nightmare. You know yeah. what I mean? And so my nightmare is stepping into a meeting and an item suddenly being like three dollars over cost. <laughs> like that's that's no. my nightmare. No, what happened? Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, but um, <laughs> no, that's really. I mean. It's it's such a fun. I I don't know. I couldn't imagine a life where I wasn't part of like the pop culture and how the stuff that I like gets made. I think it's. I completely agree. Um, Other other than maybe if I had actually pursued being a paleontologist, but but I'm not good. I'm not good at math though, so it wasn't gonna happen. Wait, do do they need math? Uh, I mean, you have to do all the undergrad prereqs and stuff. And when I went to school, I just was like, okay weighing the options like film major or geology major they made me take math for music i was surprised by that i feel like you got to divide those notes you know that's that's hard work those beats the subdivisions four four these are things that are music notes that's fair yeah yeah yeah. all right um roll with it but i was gonna say our lovely assistant Gigi is uh pointing me to where i wanted to talk about next which is the actual the theme, the 12 days of Gerasmus, which I don't know how that sounds saying it out loud. That's terrible. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I was saying, I was saying Rarmus, like, ma- like Mary Rarmus. Mar- it sort of works. Rory Christmas. Oh, that's way better. Oh, that's what I should be doing. Okay. Well, you're going to get a, you're going to get a, a, um, well, created by credit, a story by an executive yes. producer credit as well. Um, ten so percent on the back end. I love it because that is something. Hashtag Rory Christmas. Oh my God! Why didn't I think of that? Made this Fuck. magic happen. Ugh. Okay. Well, it's. I mean, you know, you're listening to it now, so hopefully we've been able to incorporate it, and <laughs> since then, and you'll learn the source. Oh, I'm saying it like it's. It's going to be one of those things where I'm saying it like seven times over the course of the next however long. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bef- I'm gonna just take it off. Yeah, before you take off for the holidays, you're like Merry Rormus, Rory. Uh, oh God, Merry <laughs> Rory, Rory Christmas. Rory Christmas. Oh my God. Oh, that's so good. Steven. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to do, it was like a 12 days of Christmas situation, but I basically I just wanted, it. you know, it's the end of 2018. And again, this is the first year of this toy line. And again, that's, I think that's what everybody's excited about is yeah. the fact that like, oh, we're going to get more Jurassic Park toys next year. It's not going to be like in the, in the dark ages where oh, it was yeah. like movie comes out, toys are gone. It's like brand new shit. Like I, I was listening to so much brand new shit. Uh, I think when you were on Victoria's podcast, Cantina yeah. Chatter, just talking about how much like I love her, by the way. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and I was on I was on for an episode too, talking about toys and stuff. It was really fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, the idea that like this is just the beginning. So I thought yeah. that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because it's like holidays, toys, and like this is the first year of this. So like, Aww, yeah, wanted to count down, count up my favorite Mattel toys. Uh, 
I mean, because, you know, it's on the first day of Christmas my true love gave to let's, me. Let's pull like a Drake and like start from the bottom now. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's do a countdown, but know that it could be the partridge in a pear tree sing along. So, um, okay. Yeah. All right. Are you a big Christmas music person? I am. Like classics? Are you, are you, are you Love going everything? To... Okay, cool. Actually, my only album that I ever made successfully was a Christmas EP. Wait, really? Fun fact. Oh my gosh. Oh God. That's amazing. I'll play Ugh. it for you later. Please. It's terrible. It's, I'm sure it's amazing. A meowsing. Rory Christmas. There we go. It's all coming together. Um, but yeah, let's yeah let's count down. This is a countdown. So again, I can't rank all my babies, but I can rank other people's babies. I guess I can rank your babies. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean the Anatomy T Rex. I think that's that was such a cool. What was what? Hold on. What was twelve? What was twelve Wait. in the in the um? No, I meant oh, in the... oh, twelve drummers drumming. Is that was that what it was? Should you pull this up? Na, on da, na, na, na. Oh, like we're yeah, like we'll make the connections. Da, na, na. <laughs> yeah, I just looked at what was googled before this. We won't we won't put people privy to that. Nope. <laughs> uh, the thing that we were googling before. Uh, we started podcasting. Very inappropriate. <laughs> um, so on the, let's see, the 11th day of Christmas. Oh. Uh, no, 12th. 12th day of Christmas. My true love gave to me something about it. Oh, 12 drummers drumming. You're yeah. right. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, well done, you. Uh, okay. 12 anatomy T-Rexes. There we go. Boom. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's funny. I actually first, the first time I actually saw it was at Universal Studios Ooh, being, yeah. being, being sold in their shop. Actually, that one did not end up getting super wide distribution here in the States. Really? I think it's doing really well in Asia, um, but it did not, it didn't get, uh, it didn't get super wide distribution here in the States. Um, I mean, Americans don't like to learn, so that makes <laughs> sense. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I mean, yeah, to me, I, you know, well, because it reminded me of which was there was the Kenner Allosaurus or the Hasbro Allosaurus that mm-hmm. you could take off the bits, excuse me, and just reminded me of that. But it again, it's that thing of like people love Jurassic Park and love dinosaurs because it's not just movie monsters, but we like to learn. Exactly right. So to me, like the Anatomy T-Rex, I was like, this is so dope. Like, oh, yeah, all the guts. Or do you remember those books where it was like the layers, like the clear layers? Yes, 100 percent. Like it's that all that for me when I was when I of, saw it, it was just like that's it. Oh yeah, and that's definitely part of where we drew the inspiration for that from. Um, we knew so there are so many different categories under Jurassic, like as the license. Like we actually built like so many different toy categories, uh, and obviously you know you have the huge blue plush that's in your car <laughs> in right my car, now, which is amazing. Uh, but we also had. Um, we had other plush, like smaller plush items. Uh, we had some robotics items. So like the Alpha Training Blue uh, that came out, which, oh man, that item is amazing. But oh, that was a labor of love. <laughs> um, we had, you know, in other categories, you had Barbie, you had Hot Wheels, you had Matchbox vehicles, you had games, you had all of these different categories of product. And then under action figures, which is which is what I'm over, um, the Anatomy T-Rex was in what we called our STEM segment. Mm. So this was uh, when we were looking at the line, um, when I was kind of looking at the structure of the line initially, uh, one of the things that struck me as being very ownable to Jurassic was that whole intersection of like science and technology. Um, And we knew that there was an opportunity based on 
what was out there and kind of like the STEM and learning toys, like there was a really cool opportunity for us to do this in a way that was still very Jurassic <laughs> and still very exciting. Cause one thing, if you notice about that anatomy T-Rex, you can still assemble it and it, it looks just like your, your normal legacy T-Rex. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It is still your T-Rex. Like that's, I mean, I think that's what was also, that was, I think that to me was a big part of it. it was exactly. like, oh, this isn't a thing that's separate. It's like you can, <laughs> I mean, again, thinking when I'm a kid and I'm like with my toys and then like, oh no, the T-Rex, and they're just like, oh God, this T-Rex <laughs> exploded. This is horrifying, oh, but that's so fun. Yeah. Well, no, we, um, because even though these are STEM toys and they're technically, you know, they were created to deliver on those learning elements. The other piece of it is, like they're still toys and they still need to be really fun and things that, you know, kids can get excited about. And so that's why when you look at what the features are on that item, like you have this really fun, uh, not a gimmick, but like a feature of the key being the activator, the, the, the activator. Yeah. And so the key turns and, you know, those rubberized lungs pump. Yes. Or, you know, you have, you know, the pieces of the rib cage that, you know, pull out and fit in like puzzle pieces. Or you've got, you know, that kind of stretchy plastic, uh, uh, the rubber of the um, of the leg muscles where they can expand and contract as you turn the key or being <sighs> able to see the T-Rex jaws chomp. So we wanted to go back to what was iconic about the species to still have it be a fun toy but to also have that light learning element where, you know, you're getting a little bit about that science, like <laughs> the body museum. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. And that was, that was actually one of the biggest inspirations for oh, that cool. toy specifically was those anatomical sets that you would see in like the human body exhibit. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, Oh, that's cool. There you go. Oh my God. I mean, it just, it, I love that item by the yeah, way. Yeah. That's a, that is a favorite of a lot of people in our office. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the people on my team like really, really love that item and have it on their desks and everything. Uh Roth, uh Roth Ben Cosme is the is the designer on that. Oh, awesome. Super talented dude. You should all go follow him. So cool. Yeah, this is even funny too, because I have the Stiggy Mullick skele- fossil skeleton. Yeah. And it's like, oh well, like now those things can be used for if a kids want to make or, you know, kids or me, uh, you know, want to do like a, a, you know, Lockwood Manor. And then yes. we have the, you know what I mean? It's like you're saying, you can incorporate this did into you the see, other. Did you see pictures of the diorama we built for Comic-Con? I think I did. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's exactly what we did with it. We actually had, um, we have a team. <gasps> yes, yes, I did yeah, see it. Yeah, we have yeah. a production team in-house uh, that's like our trade show team, essentially. And we had this idea to do for Comic-Con to just do this like crazy larger-than-life diorama that displayed you know, the full yeah, breadth of the it's line. It's all coming back to you. I'm seeing, cause I feel like, and you've got Lockwood yeah, I've seen photos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had in Lockwood, I'm trying to remember what we positioned in there. It, it was the fossil strikers, which are those, what we were talking about with the stiggy, they're the smaller dinosaurs, um, yeah. uh, in those little, uh, in the clothes box, uh, the fossil sets. So we've got those. There was also the excavation set that has the T-Rex embedded in plaster. Which I want to do at some it's point. It's really fun. You should. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember sitting in our chem lab and like literally like me sitting there with tools, like digging stuff out and being like, this plaster is too soft. This is too firm. It was like freaking Goldilocks with oh like plaster God. samples. <laughs> that's incredible. It's I mean, it kind of it actually kind of like is crazy that like that's my job. Like I have to. 
It's crazy. Like, you know, that's, it's that thing of, it's like the, we're always, it's, is if this we, if slime we, too slimy? Yeah. <laughs> is this life? Oh, they're popping now. Not oh, just crackling, but yeah, popping. Not just crackling, but popping. We're, we need snaps. We need snaps now. Um, oh, crackling. Yes, you saw it. Um, I was going to look because I don't remember what number 11 is. Mm, it's the, Ankylosaurus. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're Piper's piping. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. I'm just like, uh, okay. So I hold want, on. I'm hold hoping on, that on. they line up. You know what I mean? 12 drummers drumming. 11 Ankylosaurus. Ankling. An- Ankling. Is, okay. I have Piper's a potentially piping. embarrassing question. I have pronounced it Ankylosaurus from like day one. Is it Ankylosaurus? It might no, be. No, no, I think, no, maybe I just pronounced it because I, I had too much rosé. I have but. heard, I have heard probably like 50-50 down the middle of people pronouncing it Ankly or Anky. Well, and then I feel like in Jurassic World, Ty Simpkins pronounced it Ankylosaurus. Oh my God, we're so all wrong. We're, <laughs> I feel like Ty Simpkins, he, he's the one who knows. We're all wrong. Um, it, it's so funny you think about like the dialect coaches on like Lord of the Rings or on other movies and then it's like there's just like a dinosaur pronunciation coach or something yeah or they're um because when i was at the field museum listeners know i was uh the last minisode i was at the field museum and my favorite thing about the field museum is that there's a little button next to each display and it has a little child pronouncing how the dinosaurs had but it's like it's so precious where it's like tawanasoas wex and it's like that's you're you're okay now you're just hamming it up you That's know too adorable. you know and you're just like oh this is so cute like, i'm so glad we got to make that this year by the way yeah yeah i uh, really really want us to make a para so did Kristen. Oh, that's her baby yeah, yeah i mean it's my favorite it's my favorite dinosaur it well now that now that we have stigai mulligan carnotaurus but paraswalfus is in the top uh, she's up there for you but up until fallen kingdom that yeah. was my favorite Dinosaur in the Jurassic Park movies specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Anki Ankylosaurus. I just because that toy never get that type of dinosaur never got represented in the toys no. very much growing up. So I think even like Min Me too, I yep. think it's just it's just a cool dinosaur. The color, the pattern is great. It's just it's such a great, it's such a unique dinosaur that I feel like because Triceratops and Stegosaurus are kind of like the top like um vegetarian dinosaurs herbivores. herbivores i keep i keep calling herbivores vegetarians. vegetarians um but because it's like they're all kind of the same size and occupy the same niche niche over the course of the time of the dinosaurs yes. i feel like the 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 ankylosaurus like they kind of get left behind by yes. because stegosaurus and triceratops are more popular mm-hmm. so for me it's just like i love that now that i have this and it's like the color the teal like ugh, it's so good it's so good right yeah 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 um and it has that great like the uh the roarivores assortment is like probably the most successful item that we have oh cool like it's it's up there it's very high up there um it is, yeah, it's something that's definitely like resonating with consumers, which is really exciting because to your point, you've got characters like, you've got species like the the Ankylosaurus where, you know, they were underrepresented before, but because one of our biggest focuses in creating this line was really offering complete world building through like maximum variety of species. Uh, and then also when you're looking at like the colorways and the decos of the characters, like going for maximum variety there as well. So it was something where, you know, like an Ankylosaurus may not have been 
you know, if, if we were only making 10 dinosaurs in the entire line, it would not have made the cut. Yeah. But the fact that we were going for maximum collectability and really like digging, digging super deep into the lore of Jurassic, uh, yeah. we went really far into the bench. Well, and, <laughs> so, I, and, I, and I think like, that's a character that uh, that's a species that a lot of people really love. And the fact great. that we got, you know, the green light to make that, to make the Minmi, to make, you know, <laughs> the Parasaurolophus and different things like that, that. Yeah, that haven't necessarily gotten as much love before. Like, I love that. And I love seeing that I love seeing that those have now become for some people their favorite toys in the line. That, that that's great. Well, I mean, yeah, and I think that was and I think that's pe- why people were probably primed and ready for it because Jurassic World finally had a really great scene with that dinosaur, yeah. you know. I mean, hor- okay, the, horrifying. The a little yeah. horrifying. Horrifying. Just a little. Oh, my favorite neck snap. Oh, man. But like, you know, you get to see an ankylosaurus like use the tail. Like that's just that shit that like we wanted to see as a kid. Absolutely. And like so, in a very effective way, by the way. Like, yeah. It's like foosball with anky tails. And then now we have the toy to play. Exactly. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, Baryonyx, I think, is like a, a very obvious, but very... Um, I call it Bowionyx, by the way. Bowionyx? Because, because it's got... That was not meant to like be like a cute little play on the name. It was because the metallic... Yeah. Metallic deco. <gasps> I'm like, it looks like David Bowie. Bowionyx. Bowionyx. <laughs> Um, you know, just being the star, being one of the stars of Fallen Kingdom, Mm -hmm. uh, being a dinosaur that I think people love. Uh, I mean, I got to visit one of the original specimens over the summer in London. Ooh. So that was really cool. And I brought my, uh, I mean, minor spoiler for one of the future, uh, (laughs) things on our list, but, uh, I, my little minifig was Belinda and she got to visit the original baryonic skeleton found in England that in the so 18th amazing. century, 18th century, 19th century. Somewhere around in there. However that works. Uh, Old, but, long but, time ago. But yeah, I think that's just another dinosaur. Well, because for me, my my thing about Fallen Kingdom that I love is that it's a movie for dinosaur people in the sense that in the past, you would have one ceratopsian, one, you know, one long neck, yes. one spike, spiky exactly. boy, one meat boy, like, meat, like, meat me, boy, meat boy. <laughs> did, you, did you just call a dinosaur meat boy? <laughs> They're meat boy. Okay. Well, no, but like the, the, the T-Rex, the Velociraptor and the Dilophosaurus in the original movie are so different, like silhouette Yes. Whereas like Fallen Kingdom was a movie. It's like, no, people love dinosaurs. They're going to appreciate uh, Baryonyx, Allosaurus, Velociraptor, Compi, T-Rex. They're going to know yeah. that these are all different. And Oh, my God. The, when people first saw like the original teaser trailer and saw the Carno, like I could not believe how people were absolutely going insane over the Carno. I mean, it was... Which, can I just tell you, knowing that we had like had that in the line oh. since day one, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the Carno, yeah. obviously. But yeah, that was a dream come true for me personally. Um... But yeah, the Baryonyx is very much the same way where it's like, oh, cool. We're finally getting to see this. Yeah. And then the toy is just such a like a perfect representation of the the dinosaur we see on screen, which is, you know, for people who really want that, it's like that is one of in the line where it's like 100%. And I think people have responded. And then there's the version where there's like the lava dripping on its face. So I'm like, yes. oh, baby. I mean, I don't have that, but I, I have the, I have the, you're talking about the slime set, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. have that, but I just have the one just by itself. And yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> I feel really bad because I, I think, 
a lot of people have gotten a little bit frustrated with us on like, okay, so where's the slime? Where are the slime skews? And like, where's, um, where's the Destructosaurus stuff? And like, I cannot even tell you how much running around wheeling and dealing I did like just trying to like get placement for all these things that were intended as Toys R Us exclusives. <laughs> Toys R Us. Like, <laughs> come on. You know, um, but no, I think I'm pretty sure the Baryotic Slime set, like it did at least get placed with a, a few retailers here. I mean, honestly, um, not any of the major ones, but like yeah. if people want it, I'm, I think that they've been able to track it down. I mean, again, I feel like we well, we should redirect people to Victoria because if you if you she is on top of like you know, finding yes. where things are. Oh yeah. And so I feel like I just have her on notifications. Like if there's something I want, yes, she'll just, she just knows where things are. So she does. So yeah, we'll just redirect to her. But yeah, the Baryonyx is just, it's like a new classic. Like that's how I look I at Baryonyx. Like it's just a new classic Jurassic dinosaur I already. Um, legacy Gallimimus just, it's, <gasps> it's not the first legacy it's the uh, it's, it's not, the most recent one that came out. It was in our nine one mix. Yes, so it's it's not the first legacy, but that again, as far as like yeah, to me, just I just want to get like twenty of them. Well, I don't it's even. It's our it's our first feature Gallimimus in the line. So you have the Gallimimus legs. in the attack packs, which I mean that the whole point of the attack packs was it was you know the the basic articulation it was you know that great low price point of like you can build out your herds uh i love that so much isn't it great um but the legacy gallimimus was the first introduction of us doing a feature gallimimus and i have loved seeing people how people have responded to that because like i mean it is like is gallimimus necessarily the most exciting species probably not no yeah but like it is it is a dinosaur that had this amazing history within the Jurassic franchise. Like that scene of like the Gallimimus herd flocking in the first film is yeah. like such a magical moment for a lot of Jurassic fans. So having people come back and say, you guys basically delivered on my dream Gallimimus has just been like, yeah, I mean, hard yeah. eyes, Aww. sparkles everywhere. Like, I'm so happy about it. I'm no, so happy with how that toy turned out. It's so cool. It's so funny because I didn't even know it was happening. And then. Yeah, we kept that one pretty. I think <laughs> I was. I think, <laughs> under wraps a but I think bit. I was chatting with uh, uh, Jurassic Collectibles and he mentioned like, hey, guys, do you mind keeping a lookout for that for me? You know, because he's based in the UK. Yeah. And then I was like, what are you, shut up, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then like, I think maybe even a week later, I finally got one and I was yeah. just like, I didn't even know. So it was such a great surprise. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people knew that there were things that we were planning as like completely new releases for late fall. Um, hey, more surprises. I know. I think that's what makes it fun. I know, fun. but that was like, that was one of those things where like people were like, oh my God, you really snuck this in under the radar. And I'm like, no, I'm like. I thought we had been saying from the get-go that like we're going to like in 2019 same situation like we are going to be introducing new species and new characters throughout the entire year. You're like how many podcasts do I have to go on? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um but like when people were kind of like oh you really like snuck that one under the radar I'm like oh my god like I didn't think of it that way but it was really exciting that there was this moment where people were like oh wow this really great thing that was debuting at the end of the year and people really seem to like it. Well, I it, love that dino. It, yeah. Well, and it's that thing too, like, because you, you spend so much time on it. It's, it's almost nice when it's like, anytime I work on stuff, it's like, you kind of forget how special 
it is in a way. And then once it finally sees the light of day and then yeah. it's like you kind of get a whole new appreciation. Oh yeah. For it. And and I love the dino, but it was one of those where of all of the things that in the back half of the year would have like resonated with the collector community, the I call it our galloping gallimimus. The, uh, the gallimimus would not necessarily have been the thing I would have pointed out and been like, collectors are going to love that. And yet, yeah. No, it, it's been super fun. And I, yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, it's, well, it's number nine, you know. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's have some perspective. No, but I was going to say it was uh, for, we didn't do the, the baryonyx is the Lord's a leaping. Oh, 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 oh okay. So 10 baryonyx. Uh, 12, Anatomy T-Rex. 11, Ankylosaurus. 10, Baryonyx. Bionyx. 9, Because he Gallimimus. We're totally making it work. Uh, uh, and then the next one is our first human figure. Oh, crap. We need more syllables. Yeah. Uh, Zia. Oh, yeah. She's Zia's maids and milking. <laughs> I just oh. keep it the same way. Sure. Uh, no, uh, no, I, no, do something with like blood oh, transfusions. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. It's Eight Zia, eight saving eight, eight Zia blood bags. Yes, there we go. Thank eight you. Zia, eight Zia blood bags. There Done. we go. Boom, right. we nailed it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I would say that Danielle Pineda's role as Zia was like a huge breakout thing. Like, obviously, oh, she was saucy well, I and mean, amazing. F- Franklin and Zia to me are were, are like the millennial characters in Fallen Kingdom, but yes. I think that they are the most like the audience you know and mm-hmm. especially the more hardcore Jurassic community like like ah that's us you know and oh, yes. so it was so cool and again it's you know in um you know growing up it's just you know you had Ellie but that was it and yeah. so I and as we'll see later down the line it's it's nice to just know that there's like a commitment to like having side characters not necessarily main yeah. characters and stuff like that and so I think like Zia is really uh is such a cool character and she's yep. my favorite character in Fallen Kingdom. Oh, so, I loved her. So for me it was just like, oh damn, this is so great that we get to that, you know, in a different world, in a in a, you know, in a different world where this stuff, you know, not as much money is put into this. It's like yeah. you could easily say you could easily see them not making that figure. Oh yeah. And so for me it was just like, this is awesome. Like, well, this is I'm, cool. I mean, like I, this is a, this is one area where I can definitely pull back the curtain a bit. Um, so obviously, you know, when we first were concepting out the line for Fallen Kingdom, like this was something where we were looking at, like we read the early iterations of the script and we're like, okay, who are our characters? Like who are the ones that we really want to go after? Um, how are we going to structure these mixes? Uh, you know, where, where are we going to kind of pace out? Like, who are we going to have roll into the line after the movie? Obviously, you, you know, have, you have Owen and Claire up front who like, they're the stars of the first film. They're returning, you know, what are our new characters? Who can we get in there that, you know, might be resonating after, you know, after the movie releases and get them in there for fall. Um, Franklin was definitely a breakout character. And in reading like the first pass of the script, I don't think any of us realized like until we saw Justice Smith actually in the role, like how fantastic he was and hilarious. Uh, And I mean, it's not like a huge spoiler for me to say this, but like has a breakout role and is someone that we realized like after seeing the film, we're like, oh man, we got to get him in the toy line. So he's in there for 2019 
Yeah, I think at Comic-Con you guys showed it. We him, did. Right? We yeah, had yeah. the prototype in our diorama at Comic-Con. And I love that some people were like, oh my God, is that Franklin? Is that Franklin? Like, does that mean he's coming? Yes. He will be fall 2019. Cool. Um, and I am so glad that like we are getting to do that. Uh, as much as I, and I know this is probably going to be something that could be disappointing for a lot of people as much as I would love to like go super, super deep with the tertiary characters. Like the realistic thing is, and we said it at our comic con panel, like the realistic thing is you're limited to essentially like what retailers support. Sure. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, a very vocal fan community who, if they're able to, you know, say like, we want this person and you have, you know, a lot of, a lot of data behind that you're able to make more of a case for okay we can go deeper into this character selection um franklin is one of those that obviously he was a breakout star from the film you had zia you had wheatley who was you know had the breakout role as the villain yeah, yeah. um i know uh it's been interesting to see i think a lot of people got frustrated with how much we waited owen in the mixes uh, so that was I mean, Chris Pratt's a huge star. I mean, it's well, just, that's the reality of that. But I, I always like the thing that I hate is not being able to just like address whenever people have these concerns. <laughs> it's like I said, the whole thing about like, I'm open to the point where like, I hope I don't get fired for things that I say. But, you know, I, I, I recognize that for the collector community, like they want the tertiary characters and you know, in my dream world, like we would get to go back and make, you know, every single person from every film like that would be an amazing. Oh, of course. That would be amazing to be Look, able to there, do that. There's there's a balance. I mean, at some exactly. point you're, you're you're you know, it's it's the dark night. You know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And then you have <laughs> and then you have moment specific Star Wars action figures where yes. like you're like, oh, this General Grievous figure is just when he gets shot. You're yes. like. Did anybody want this? Yes. Like, there's a balance there. Yeah. Um, and I know, I mean, I know that there are things that people want that we are, you know, working behind the scenes to try and be able to get to do. Um, I obviously can't talk about that here. Uh, mm. But, <laughs> woo, uh, secret secrets. Uh, but where and when we can, like, we try and make the business case for it that, like, this is, you know, this is something that we want to do. Uh, but there, the reality of it is there are going to be characters that we probably won't ever be able to green light. Like it's just, uh, I always wanted that. Not there. I, I always, I want that opening helicopter or that opening guy gets chased that by guy. the T-Rex. No, I don't, oh my God. who cares? But, uh, no, I was going to say, but I will say the other day I did see two Zia's at Target, yeah. which was like, damn, that means that this Target She's wants Zia. Like, yes. because I feel like if the more that you buy something it seems like that's how retailers work so it's like I yeah or at least it's, it's just to me it was like I feel proud to know that like there was plenty of Zia in stock at my yeah. local Target I was well, I was and, excited about that and that is I, I mean like for a lot of collectors like they understand a lot of the terminology that we use around we call it waiting in the in the case packs so it means that when you open up a box of product that you might have three Owens in a, in a box and then you've got one Claire, you've got one Wheatley and one Zia, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that ratio is determined based on the velocity of sales for those characters. So it's one of those where I totally, totally understand the comments from collectors of like, we don't need any more Owens. There are too many Owens. But around the world, because this is a global toy line, 
Owen is seen as the hero of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. And for a lot of little kids, like that is the aspirational hero character that they want storytelling in their moments when they're playing with the dinosaur figures. Well, I mean, so for us, we have to make sure he's always available. Yeah, oh, for sure. hundred yes. percent. But I mean, look, we just introduced cloning in fallen kingdom. So <laughs> look, maybe Chris Pratt gets cloned a bunch in Jurassic world three. So you're going to need a herd of Owens. I you know? love it. Oh man. Imagine I just had a lot of inappropriate thoughts about clo- multiple clones <laughs> of Chris Pratt all at once. Never mind. Same. Save that. Let's dr- see Jurassic right after hours. Um, uh, but so I wanted to move on to the Suko Mimus, um, uh, Croc Boy as, uh, Maddie. Crocodile Mimic. Yes. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh my God. You're right. That's what, yeah, that's what the name um, is. Uh, seven Suko's Crocken. There we go. <laughs> Swans are swimming. Um, it's just to me, it's like, I feel like when it first came out, it's, it's such a, it's to me like it reminds me of like the chaos effect Hasbro yes. line. It's it's so colorful and beautiful that oh, it, right? it's almost like it's its own. It's like it's a piece of art. Like yes. I want to put up a Suko Mimus in my. And we have the minifig hanging out with us right now. I love where that. it's just like it's just this outlandish it's a creature version. Yeah, it's like the teal and the lime green. And it's just it's just like it. It. I mean, to me personally, it's like. Well, you watch Planet Earth, yeah. and there's some fucking neon birds out there. Yes, there are. And I'm like, you know what? This is 100% that's what that there's is. There's some weird shit in the ocean. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That too as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I will tell you, this was definitely one where we pushed we pushed the envelope uh, as much as we could. Like, for us, it's obviously very important for us to kind of stay within the realm of possibility of what could be uh, when it comes to the colorways and the silhouettes. Um for the Sukumimus, this was an opportunity for us to play around a little bit. Uh, we were going for, you know, okay, when you look at the assortment, you're like, all right, what colors do we already have represented here? And where can we kind of play to get, like, when you look at your collection, you want to see, not necessarily like this, like, fluorescent rainbow, but you want to see variety. You want to yeah. see, you know, depth of assortment and you want to see, you know, a, a like, it's all about that world building. It's all about getting that variety in there. And when you look at your collection, like you want to see differences between the dinosaurs. Well, and and that, that, that was to my point earlier where I think fallen kingdom is really impressive because they gave themselves the task of having so many dinosaurs who in another world, they would not have two of the same, you know, you got your triceratops. You're not going to have, the Sinoceratops, but no, hey, we can, but if we're going to have all these different types of the same kind of dinosaur, we can do things in subtle ways that show their differences. And I think that to me, I'm sure was a monumental challenge on the film, but as well as the toys where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like we don't want to just see like five brown dinosaurs. Like I don't. And I know that maybe that, but that's not even, that's not even a counter against realism because the reality is, is so many di- like so many animals like you can tell every animal apart in real life. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. every animal has a every animal is unique. You're not mistaking a guinea pig for a mouse. Yes. Like even a rat and a mouse are different. That's you know exactly what I right. mean? Like cat all cats are different, all dogs are different. Like you can spot differences. So the idea this expectation of like realism where it has to, everything has to be like boring shades of brown. Like exactly. that's such a like <laughs> that's such a DC we, universe way of thinking. No, um We have worked really, really hard to avoid that. And like 
I can tell you like that is something when we sat down and we're first like looking at like Pantone swatches and everything for the dinosaurs, we were like, it needs to have variety within assortments from mix to mix. We need to be able to like really um, drive home the idea of like these could have existed within Jurassic World, but like we're still keeping it fun and toyetic. And Ooh, I like that. Toyetic. Oh my God. That's a word that gets thrown around a lot. That's a, that's a Mattel buzz word. Um, but we were playful with it. Like we didn't go too outlandish. Like I don't think the Sukumimus looks outlandish. And like I think no. I think when people first saw the images, and it's pr- it's probably been the same way for the Dino Rival stuff. When when people first see the images, you'll see comments floating around of like, "Oh God, I hate that that paint application, that deco, blah blah blah, those color choices." And then they see the product, and once you actually have it in hand. Like you said about the whole thing about Suko being like a work of art, like you see it and I will tell you, like, this is me sticking up for my design team, like the amount of care and thought that comes into the paint application and the color selection, I mean, down to like gradient colors that every single thing undergoes a tremendous amount of scrutiny and review and it is ultimately to deliver on something that looks beautiful in final production. And I think the Suko is a perfect example of that. Oh, yeah. Well, and it was, I was, so when I was just at the Field Museum, like I, I was commenting in the mini show, they, 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 I went to the Antarctic Dinos exhibit, Ooh. which they not only uh, talk about what life was like for dinosaurs, the dinosaurs that they've discovered in Antarctica, but they were rebuilding a Crylophosaurus, which is essentially like an, an it's a relative mm-hmm. of Dilophosaurus with like a little like Elvis Pompadour. Yeah, I've seen it. That's how I remember when I was a kid. And so the way that they explained how they um, artistically interpreted, 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 interpreted. Uh, uh, they, <laughs> They were like, we're going to use real world analogs. And so they actually were like, oh, that there's these elements of a cassowary that they could draw yes. on. And so so this this Crylophosaurus in its representation had the like blue, like Bowie kind of eye, eye thing. And they had I the red, I've the red turkey before. thing like and it's stuff that it's like, well, real like real birds in our real world are like that and colorful. And so, so if you so, saw the cassowary like. In person, like I've seen one in person. You're like, that's not a real animal. No, exactly it's right. It's a Pokemon. You look at it and you're like, the hell is that thing? And that's exactly right. Like we, I feel like we limit ourselves to like, okay, like this, this needs to look realistic. And you're like, well, do you know what? The real world is freaking weird. And it's amazing. There's some the, weird shit out there. Every time I go to the San Diego Zoo or I, or I go somewhere where I get to experience oh. a lot of animals, um, that's a weird thing to say. I mean, I've just had things where I've gotten to work with animals a lot. Yes. So it's it's super fun every time I got to hold a fennec fox. Or, well, I didn't get to hold it. I got to I got to pet its ears. Okay, but fennec foxes and platypuses are my favorite. Platypus, dream list of animals to, I love them. to, to meet. But, They're adorable. But um, every time I have these experiences, getting to pet an okapi, getting, getting to meet them and being allowed to pet them, that mm-hmm. they allowed me, I'm always just like... Why do we have Pokemon? Like uh, the real world animals are just as are more amazing and weird yes. and crazy and wild and stuff like that. It's like we don't need to have fake animals. I the agree. real world is just amazing. And then I mean I think that's obviously why we love dinosaurs because it's like well they are probably so much crazier than we ever give like ourselves credit for. Yes. And so I think that's why to me I really connect with 
something like the Sukhumimus uh, because it's like, well, this is this is as I mean, you look at it's a the peacock you, in dinosaur form, exactly, or like the back of a mallard duck with exactly. like the psychedelic psychedelic colors. Oh like, my god, hundred percent. Yes, I was gonna say Metriacanthosaurus isn't on my list, but that that. I was going to say he's ugly as hell, but in a way that's like so it's charming. Yeah. And I've actually, I've like, I have the full size figure and then I have the minifig and I recently brought the minifig with me to Universal Studios. Yep. Um, and I just was like, this is the hunchback of Notre Dame as a dinosaur. It's and it's just like Jurassic world. Hello, sir. Like, it's just like this, like, I just imagine the other dinosaurs are just like, ugh. Hey, Te- like, hey, Terry. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mitriacanthosaurus. Like, it's like, oh, God. But it's just like, he's like, he stands out, you know? Oh so I, I, and I feel like a lot of people love that figure. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've grown to really love that figure as well, too. I'm so but it's glad. just, but just in that way of like, but also at the same time, like, perfectly fits in the world yes, of Jurassic. And, we, and that's the thing. Like, we were not striving to make every single one of these figures a supermodel. Like that was not, like that was not the. Well, aim. yeah. If you want all, the, you don't want them all to look. You, you don't no. want them to look the same. That, no. that that would be boring. Um. So, oh, this is. Uh. So next on our list is Macy's. So, uh, six Macy's laying. Wait, wait, six. Wait, what? Well, because it's Gisa laying. Six Macy's playing. Cloning. Cloning, six Macy's cloning. There you go. Um, I think Macy is really cool. Um, I like that that you guys included the little like Rex and the skeleton. Yeah. But I also want to say too, I think it's very, I think it's a very powerful thing because, you know, I think a very apocryphal Toy Story Ooh, in regards word. to, um, in regards to Jurassic Park is that you know there's that famous story of a Raina Richards never getting a Lex figure, whereas like. Joseph Mazzello and Timmy Tim got a toy, but she never did. And so I think for people who know that story and notice that, I think there was, I feel like there was almost like an emotional uh, reaction and appreciation for the fact that right out of the gate, you guys made a Macy toy. Wow. Okay. I, think, I can honestly say I didn't know that. I didn't know. I had not heard that. So yeah. I it, love that. Yeah. Like it was that thing of like, they're making the Jurassic Park toys and it's like there's Tim, no Lex, yeah, and like Arena Rich, like it's it's the it's the story that's been passed down. Who yeah. knows what the? But I mean, I feel like it's a story I've known my whole life about yeah. Jurassic Park, and that she cried because she never got an action figure. Oh. And so the idea that you guys, like right out of the gate, made a Macy toy, just to me is like we're in a better time, almost, yeah. you know, in a sense, you know, that we can have that we can have a Macy figure now. Yeah. Like that's well, so cool. Do you want to know? Okay. I've got a fun other little behind the scenes oh, cool. of that. Uh, Cause this was an interesting one um, where when we first concepted out, concepted out the toy line, this wasn't something we knew we were going to do. Oh, um, the whole idea of creating a scale with our action figures and making sure that, you know, at three and three quarter inches, like the humans worked with the dinosaurs and the adult figures all pretty much for the most part, like, you know, they were all roughly the same size, which translates to the same consumer value. So, um, when we read through the script and got more of an idea of what Maisie's part was going to be in the movie, uh, and really like spoke with universal about the importance of us trying to be able to do this figure. Um, I kind of had that conversation with my team of like guys how are we going to do this where, you know, these toys are $7.99 US retail? How are we going to compensate for the fact that you've got Maisie, who is 
three quarters the size <laughs> of a Chris Pratt figure. Like, what are we going to do? And I threw out the idea. I was like, you know, I know that like build a fig and coll- like, you know, build a fig is really popular with a lot of the collector action skills um, items. Like, what about the idea? Like, my initial idea was, what if we do the Triceratops skull? Yeah. From the Lockwood estate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that kind of morphed into, you know, basically saying, like, we need a bigger accessory piece to offset the fact that she's a smaller figure. Yeah. Um, and my idea for the Triceratops skull then morphed into, well, what if we do a T-Rex skull instead? Yeah. Because um, it's iconic. It, you know, really is the mark of the park. Uh, and that's how we got to where she is. Oh, that's cool. Um, and through our conversations with retail and through our conversations with Universal, uh, she ended up as a Target exclusive here in the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, I think there was, I think there's some weird stuff going on right at the outset where she was popping up at Walmart and a couple of other different stores. Oh, but, wow. but that uh, she was uh, integral to the Target retail program. Uh, yeah, and I've seen so, her. I mean, she. I yeah. see her very often now. Yeah. I'm glad. Cool. I'm so glad because I loved, loved her in the film. Like I am normally, this is going to sound ter- terrible, but like no, I'm normally very skeptical of like child actors and actresses. And I thought she freaking killed it. Yeah. I loved her. Well, I, I mean, I think that angle for the villain story, the idea that we get to see the villain side of the story through the eyes of a child is such a crazy yes unique way of like we get to learn about what the villain's plans are through the eyes of a kid and in a way that she is almost carrying that entire she's in carrying those entire sections of the movie yeah and it's like it's that thing of like you know when people talk about what they want at a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World 3 Jurassic Park 6 they uh I'm like don't you dare fucking age out. Like <laughs> I, Isabella sermon needs to be in the next one. Like she, it, like she is going to be a huge star. Like we yes. are seeing her like right at, right at the beginning of her a, I, a long career, like this Meryl Streep career. More on that. We're calling it now. She's going to have a Meryl Streep S career. I think she's going to be huge. And I think justice Smith is going to be huge. Yes. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. She's already been cast in like five different projects since I mean, detective World. Pikachu. <laughs> I'm so excited. Anyway, I'm, I'm I have I have no idea what to expect. No, I'm, I don't either. But I'm still excited. I'm going in. I'm going in with an open heart, but I don't want to think about the movie until I watch it. Yeah. See, I am not a massive uh, Pokemon aficionado, so I'm going into it like completely, just like I'm down for this. Oh, I mean, I think it's going to be so good either way. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So the, the Macy figure to me was super special. Yay. Um. All right. Oh, this is five. Five is golden rings, which means that it's got it's it's got a different cadence. Five Mosasaurs. There we go. Uh, yeah, we killed it. I think we pretty much nailed it. Mosasaurus, bath time toy, <gasps> or best friend, or both. Both. One hundred percent both. I haven't taken mine in the bath yet, but I think when I move. Uh, when I move in February, I'm just saying it out loud a lot so people know that I'm moving. That's how you're uh, going to christen your bathtub. Oh my God. It's just going to be me sitting in the bathtub Hell and I got the yeah. bath salts. I got some, I was, uh, I recently reached out to um, my friend Kelly Sytek, who's a gemologist yep. about 
the types of crystals I could bring into my bath because yes. I really want to make sure that if I'm doing that. What did she recommend? Because as you can see on my countertop over there, I have a pretty extensive collection. No, I was going to say, I was mentioning because of that, she mentioned you can pretty much do everything except for these two very specific things and I don't remember them because the, yeah. there was two. there's two types of crystals that are much more water soluble. So those are bad, but everything else oh, is good. calcite. Probably calcite, yes, yeah. I actually have, I have one of those Don't bring there. it in the bath. You can't bring You're it in the bath. You're going to bath salt it up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, that with the Mosasaur, um, I mean, the fact that it's like, I think that toy's gotten a lot of attention, more crackling, uh, because of how, che- like how, um, how, I mean, essentially how cheap it is for how amazing it looks. Oh, thank you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this yes. is like a $30 toy that is just, it feels 25. like $25 toy that I feel like that you would normally expect that to be like 45 or something. Like yeah. it's, it's, it looks exactly like the movie. It, um, is this beautiful big toy that comes in this tiny box. It's like a Casper mattress. Yes. Uh, and I mean, it just looks like the movie, but then it's, it's first for the price. You're just like, Oh wow, this is so cool that I don't have to pay 50 bucks for this thing, you know? Thank you. And, and I think because, you know, in, in the world of dinosaurs, Jurassic Park fans love our marine reptiles. We love our flying reptiles. Absolutely. And so I it's, think it's total, it's, it's total world building. It's making sure that you're getting all of those represented because to your point, it's like, it's not just a bunch of biped carnivores, like yeah. ripping each other to shreds. Like you want your Mosasaurus, you want your Plesiosaurus, which yeah. yay, oh, spring 2019. I fucking gassed when I saw that. I, I literally gassed. I was like, <gasps> I was like, it's Arctic freeze, Plesiosaurus. She's so pretty. Oh yeah, she does look very pastel, doesn't she? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's just like like my favorite Gatorades are like the white and the purples. I completely agree. And I feel like that Plesiosaurus is like very much like, bless you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bless you. <sighs> they come in twos. Oh, and, and no more. Exactly. As yes. the prophecy for foretold. As the I pro- have friends who sneeze in threes. I'm a, I'm a twofer. I'm a threefer. Um, not a scream sneezer, though. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. No, no scream sneezing. But, um, but yeah, the Moses store I think is just because it's been this like huge new type of because we haven't had marine reptiles in Jurassic up until no. this point. So I think everybody. She was the breakout star uh, of 
Jurassic World. Um, and shout out to Courtney James Clark for her role as the Mosasaur announcer. Listen back to my episode with her. Uh, That's so awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes, her. Um, and she's been on the Percast as well too. I'll show you pictures of her kitty. Oh my her God. kitty's super cute as well too. Do you think? Do you think we can be friends? Oh, I think you guys would be BFFs. <laughs> Just calling it right now. I'm gonna we're gonna check back in in a year. There are so many people who, because of you, I'm like I'm like stalking them on Instagram, and I'm like, can we be friends? Can that's, I follow that person? That's what Is I'm that here okay? for. Steven, will that, you give me the green light? Is oh, it okay. Uh, you can give me the. I, you just have like a signed slip of paper, like Stephen Ray Morris. Exactly. Right. You're, yes, you're my permission slip. Oh you're my, my friendship permission slip. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, the the Moses story I think was so cool, and so like so. You know, again, like I've been telling you that this Fallen Kingdom toy line and the you, the Mattel toys, I'm buying toys again, like full on. I never thought I'd be buying toys yeah, again. Because um, when Jurassic World came out, I was like, man, these these toys kind of suck. Um, and, you know, we won't, we won't speak. Ill we, of the we, dead. we don't need to. We don't need to. We it's won't speak ill of the dead. Look, look, every, when Dra- I mean, we will. I just won't <laughs> do it on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the reality is, is nobody. Everyone took for granted Jurassic as a franchise. Yes. And so when Jurassic World came out, everyone was like, what? It's the biggest opening of all time at the time. Like everyone was so surprised. Yeah. And I think the toys reflected that. I think they I think they had toys. They had toys. And I think at the time they were probably like, well, nobody maybe would care about this franchise, but people like dinosaurs. So yeah. we're going to make dinosaurs. So hundred percent, I totally get where they were coming from. It looks like Gigi has antlers right now. <laughs> She's like a jackalope. Um, do you know the jackalope? Of course I do. Yeah, I Sorry. Love- that's why my like, <gasps> of like surprise of like, I don't know a whole lot of people that know about jackalope. Oh, there used to be like postcards in like the local, like uh, there was a Sierra game. Ice cream. There was a Sierra game that I played on my computer when I was little. Like I was obsessed with the Sierra games and one of the King's quest oh, games, nice. it was King's quest seven <laughs> and it was a princess and her mother and the mother gets like stranded in the desert. And one of the interactions that you have is with a jackalope. Oh, and I'm... that was a complete weird tangent. No. But hopefully anyone that's listening that also was a huge fan of King's quest seven, cause it was the best game ever. Oh, we'll hear that. Hit you up know. on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like the jackalope you just get tons of jackalope it's comments a jackalope fan um but jackalope fan. but uh uh yeah at so at the time it's like okay you see the toys they're 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 there but the one jurassic world toy that i did buy from that final line was the mosasaur toy yeah so i was such a huge fan of it and i thought they did a good job with it um but then it's like then you see that the, that was the battle damage one correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And then you see the one that you guys made, and it was like, the, <laughs> you're like, hold my beer. You know hold what I mean? Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Oh, that makes me feel so And good. I just really want, I again, that's the thing. It's like, I haven't taken it in the bath, but I'm like legitimately like- You can. I want to, like when, when I move and get my own place, I want my Mosasaur to be my centerpiece for the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, I do. I think it, oh my it, God. it looks you good. Just, you should just open the mouth up and have it like hold your lush bath bombs. <sighs> I yes. should do that. I I'm mean, gonna do that. <laughs> You're like the wheels are turning in my brain right now. Um, um, I will tell you that was actually something that, like, when we came up with the idea for this toy, because okay, okay. so again, drawing the curtain back a little bit, um, going back to when we were first formulating the structure of the line, 
uh, we knew that like, cause we have a whole bunch of the old Kenner toys in the office. We're like, oh, we've cool. gone back. Yes. We've gone back and bought them. We know that that whole rubberized, you know, skin, that rubberized real feel skin was a really cool toy feature in the old line. Um, material costs were very different then. Yeah. So they were able to infuse that feature across a lot more price points. Uh, and it, you know, they were able to, to offer that across a wide range of items where look, for us it's a little more selective <laughs> look they were just like you know going down to the amazon and chopping down gum trees exactly they're like you get rubber skin and you get rubber skin and oprah giving out her rubber skin anyway um so all that to say uh we had to be a little more selective because that is an expensive material to work with uh we went through a whole bunch of iterations myself and uh the, and the design team went through a lot of iterations trying to figure out okay you know what is the item that we want to do this with is it just one item is it multiple items which characters does it make the most sense for uh, knowing that for us to achieve that that feeling and that that um, uh, tactile like rubberized kind of almost squishy texture to it, uh, we knew that like there were a couple of characters that would work with better than others. Um, and we play <laughs> just imagining like a Stretch Armstrong Wheatley. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing. Got your back, brother. You know, like. <laughs> totally into it oh my god that's horrifying um but yeah so we ultimately netted out on the mosasaurus and the like when we first when we first looked at this and like we got some samples in uh from the plants uh we were playing around with shore hardness and like you know it's um uh it's the terminology is roto it's a roto toy mm. uh which you can like feel it and see that it's hollow uh it's basically like <laughs> see, it's like up. the avatar like touch like like whatever the th- like you're in the avatar movies where it's like the two people join together you're like that with the mosasaur that's yes no <laughs> <laughs> um that would be very cool, though. That should be our new process for making toys moving into the future <laughs> with that sound effect. Ugh. Exactly that sound effect. Um, but yeah, so we we kind of identified the Mosasaurus as like the the character that we wanted to to offer that feature execution on. Um, and I think the second we got those samples in, I felt it and I was like, this has to go in a bathtub. And then we figured out, OK, you know, how do we make the design of the toy uh, work uh, so that this is something that you can submerge and it won't, you oh, know, cool. deteriorate play, play value over time. Um, and it's really cool. I just, I love that item. And I have to say, uh, in terms of packaging execution, like that's got to be hands down one of my favorites in the entire 2018 line. Uh, I have no idea who came up with the idea for it, but we like, just offhandedly joked in a meeting that it should be like jumping up and eating a shark. And then we friggin' made that thing with a die cast yeah. shark so that it is literally eating it in the packaging. Um, and you know, we had the whole idea of it. The packaging meetings are really interesting. We have an awesome packaging team, as you can see by, by what we've yeah. come out with. Um, they are tremendously talented individuals, but we sit in the meetings and, we kind of talk through not only like, okay, what is, what is, what are the graphic representations of the toys? Like, 
Is it product photography? Is it illustration? Like, is it a graphic representation? Uh, yeah. Like, what what is what is the packaging execution? A lot of that boils down to how big is the product? What is your shelf facing? What are the dimensions that you're working Ugh. with on shelf? Can you offer the, fo- the the product fully assembled in packaging? Or do you have to find ways to disassemble it and still be able to get credit for how big it is in the package? Yeah. So... <laughs> All of these factors, which no one would ever know just looking at oh, that of toy, course. it happens over the course of so many meetings where like you end up with something amazing like that Mosasaurus packaging where it has that beautiful illustrated representation on the back. You can merchandise it vertically or horizontally because retailers wanted options. Uh, you know, you are getting a cutout in the front of the package where you can actually feel the texture of the real feel skin because that's the main selling feature. And then you've also got that really fun storytelling element of the <laughs> shark. So that's the backstory. On the most I love that. I freaking well, love that item. Like I love that item. It, yeah, it all kind of came together. I fought so hard for that to get made. Like it was just, it was one of those that, like, the Mosasaurus. Even though it's a highly recognizable species within Jurassic World, with like within Jurassic as a franchise, it's not something that there are a whole lot of insights of little kids saying like, "I love the Mosasaurus. It's my favorite dinosaur." So for us to be able to say, not only is that going to be in our line, but it's going to be a bigger dino at a higher price point and like have a feature that like you're going to kind of command people to pay a premium for this. Like I fought really hard to get that made and I'm so glad I'm so glad it happened because it's such a great item. Yeah. Well, I I definitely think that there are kids who are seeing Jurassic World now. Mosasaur is going to be, I think, what Plesiosaur was for when we were growing up or even people who are even a little older than us. Yeah. Like Plesiosaur is like, I feel like an iconic marine reptile that was included with dinos. But I think now Mosasaur is going to be, excuse me, the more the rosé, uh, uh, you know, part of that package. So that's really cool. And I think obviously your work is going to, and the work of your team is going to, is I think instrumental in that yeah. along with the film, you know, it's just that thing of like, now we have this new creature to really yes. excited about. And, yes. speak, and speaking of new creatures and old creatures. Uh-huh. So number four, four, four calling birds, four stigai molex. Sure. There we go. Um, I mean, so now we're getting into the, now we're getting to the nitty gritty. The next two, including this one. Stigai Moloch is one of my favorite dinosaurs. It's been one of my favorite dinosaurs since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's what I call like the sort of hipster dino, the pitchfork of dinosaurs, because it's it's not I a, pa- you know, Pachycephalosaurus was in the Lost World, sort of the, again, what I was talking about before, it's like Fallen Kingdom has not necessarily the mainstream version of that dinosaur. It has, oh, here's another Pachycephalosaurid, but it's Stigai Moloch instead. And yeah. we won't get into whether or not it's a By the junior way, or whatever. I have to say, every single time I hear you say Pachycephalosaurus in my head, I'm like singing through the lyrics in our music videos, which have you watched those? <laughs> yeah, 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 of yeah. course. They're so good. Pachycephalosaurus and Pachycephalorina. Anyway, sorry. Okay, continue. I love that. Oh my God. Well, and yeah, and if people haven't, I've, I've posted a few of the videos in, in the Sea Jurassic Right group, but if you haven't, if, if you've missed them, go back and I'll post more. But um, Sega Moloch is just one of my favorite dinosaurs. It was like this crown of thorns as fuck. Instead of like a, a dome, great description. you know, because there's the legacy one from the Lost World or like evoking the Lost World yes. uh, design. 
which was a which is also one of the best Lost World or one of the best dinosaur designs in Jurassic Park. Mm. But um, Stigai Mullick was like as a kid because I'd had these dinosaur encyclopedias and you'd see Stigai Mullick with like it's Pachycephalosaurus, but it's got a crown of thorns yeah. type skull, and you're just like, who's that? And so to me, because Carnotaurus, which will spoilers talk about next. God, has, has been I know I know but has been around since the Lost World book and has been that dinosaur is ca- is also a favorite that's captured my yes. imagination since then but Stigai Mullock was completely off the radar oh yeah and all of a sudden appears in Fallen Carno Kingdom and I'm like people were like actively looking out for and were excited to see and then Stiggy was something that came in where there it's like oh our new favorite dinosaur yes exactly but I'm like I love her but it's but it's like Stiggy's been well I'm already calling her you know it's like I'm already referring to that dinosaur as Stiggy it's like a name character yeah yeah but Stiggy Mullock has been one of my favorite dinosaurs since I was a kid That's so amazing. so for that to suddenly show up out of nowhere was so cool it's gotta and, be very special for you yeah and and so I just have the um like the basic version that comes I don't have it with the mercenary I just have Stiggy all by you have it. attack pack yes yeah. thank you yeah you yeah. have the attack pack and then um in 2018, we have the in fall we had the headbutting feature version. Yeah, uh, that was part of the story pack with the Merc. And yeah. then in 2019, she will actually be a standalone. Oh, cool! Feature character at oh. 999. Oh, awesome! That's Fun cool. Fact. I mean, I'm I'm down for more Stiggies because I have yeah I have I the stem her. skeleton. Then yeah. I have then I have the the attack pack. Yep. Um, She's also in the plush, just FYI. And I have the plush as well. She's too. so cute. Yeah. So uh so that for me it's 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 a great figure, it's a great design. And then I think it's just again one of those things where it's like perfectly translated oh, yeah. as a toy. Like I mean 100%. she had I feel like Universal, like when we partnered with them from the beginning on what we're kind of be like what we're going to be the standout characters because it helped us identify like how to structure the character selection for the line. Mm. Like she was identified very early on as she's going to have some really, really awesome, meaningful moments in content. Uh, we knew that she had a great breakout scene. She was literal breakout, literal breakout. Uh. She, uh, she was described as having the personality of like a Tasmanian devil. Um, more like Taz, not like an actual Tasmanian devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're very docile. Actually. Come to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. <laughs> oh my anyway. god! <gasps> I just had. I was looking that up just that gave theme me song. Some really delightful, delightful flashbacks. I need you to know that. <laughs> that was that was for the nostalgic vampires out there. Yep. Um, but so we knew kind of early on that she was going to play like this this role. Uh, in in the content in the new film that she was going to break Owen out of his cell. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen the film. <laughs> Otherwise, why would you be watching this? Um, but so we kind of knew, you know, what her story arc would be. Uh, and it was really exciting to see that come to life and see them, you know, take a character who or a species to your point who up until that point was was really more of like a background tertiary character or species yeah yeah that wasn't necessarily and bring that to the forefront as like she is going to be recognizable moving forward and you might have kids out there who that's their new favorite dino because she is legit hilarious and feisty and cute yeah and i love her yeah no i mean yeah it's a it's a thing of yeah it's sigan mullick is gonna be People are going to know Stigai Mullick, mm-hmm. you know? It's not going to be yep. like, back in my day, that was a cool, di- like, you know that what I mean? Cool dino. Yeah, I mean, still days. cool. Still cool, but it's just that thing of like, 
this is that moment where your favorite band blows up. She's getting her starring moment. Yeah. Um, her, her star turn. Yeah. Which I just love that you guys made her, that you made her like, I would almost say her like feisty drunk cousin, the Draco Rex part of the 2019 line. Can I tell you, I love that dino. I have it. I I have it. Oh, you have yeah, the yeah. Dino? When yeah, I saw the yeah. Target, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Dino Rival stuff. I mean, we. It wasn't on my list because you know that's 2019. I know, um, but yeah, I mean, like all those rolling assortments. Uh, that's basically what we refer to things that are you know being refreshed with with new characters and species moving forward. Um, those are kind of starting to show up at retail now with in the new Dino Rivals packaging and. I love the Dracorix. I'm so excited that we're getting to do that in in 2019. <laughs> Your dr- Stiggy's drunk cousin. Stiggy's drunk hey cousin. Hey guys, what are we doing here? It's like, hey, come on, <laughs> don't embarrass me in front of my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, how, that's, that's how, exactly what it sounds like. By the way, in like, my head, because it's because he because the 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 wait, how did you pronounce it? Because I. I feel like that's probably the that that sounds like the Dracorex? correct Dracorex. I don't. It might be Dracorex. I, I we, we <laughs> um we at the Mattel offices, we kind of just like start saying things one way, like we'll like read them, but I don't know if anyone actually really does the homework of figuring out like is this one hundred percent the correct way to pronounce this? We all pronounce them the same way, but. We may be all pronouncing them the incorrect way. I don't. Well, know. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, but that—that's not part of your job. Is I've been saying correct. Dracorex for no, about but a I, year and a half now. <laughs> I honestly love that more than Dracorex because to me that's confusing because it's a pachycephalosaurid. It's yeah. not a T Rex, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So to me, I like that pronunciation much more, and I will start using it. You're from welcome then. to Dracorex. Use that Dracorex. Dracorex. But yeah, but and again, it speaks to that thing of like, I love that now we're getting to the point where we can have multiple dinosaurs in the same species yes. and it's like yeah of course we're gonna know not and not even just adults but that that was the whole thing about uh so uh there's no that this segment of see Jurassic Rise has ended but I had hilarious comedians and performers read my childhood fan fiction Jurassic Park fan fiction stop it so you can go back and listen to fan fiction Fridays if you want um I will <laughs> um yes but the thing that everyone was always referring to is the idea that like Oh, little ten-year-old Stephen would would be able to spell the dinosaur names correctly, but not spell words like vehicle or boat. Where it's like, well, I know how to spell Pachycephalosaurus. I know how to spell um, hashtag you know. priorities. Yes, exactly. So uh, to me, the idea that you you've been able to expand it to have these different, you know, sp- different species among the same families and yeah. stuff is like exactly. that. Again, is like something that we always that I feel like Jurassic Park fans and dinosaur fans have always wanted. You know, yeah. we don't just want a T Rex. We want, you know, we want the multiple types of dinosaurs. You yeah. know, and the other piece of this is like, I mean, I uh, again, I don't know if this is supposed to be a secret or not. I'm already well into working on 2020, oh um, but it is something where we to your point are going deeper into the you know the families of these different species where it still has to be inherently jurassic where it needs to be represented sure. in content in some form or fashion but like we have such a rich canon to draw from yeah. where you've got the games you've got like the video games you've got the books you've got you know Anything that's out there. You have Hararasaurus. Like, what the hell? Right? Like, who would have okay. thought? I am. Oh, hold on. Okay. 
I am 99% sure that we did Herrerasaurus because it was on a test tube in the lab in one of the movie scenes. Like it was never actually represented as yeah. a physical dino. It was a test tube dino. Yeah. Well, that's also the Metricanthosaurus so as well of, too. Yeah. yeah. And so we've kind of imagined what that would look like. And I think that the Herrerasaurus might be in one of the apps yeah i like think it's games think, or something yeah i think it's in one of the game i think it's like in the telltale game what's the battling I, game oh uh jurassic world alive no no, no. L- uh, oh, uh older l- than that oh um ooh, i know which game you're talking about right. look i think thing, it's that one the thing i always learn you know uh one of my favorite podcasts james bonding matt gorley and matt myra they said you know we're lovers not experts and that's what's important I you actually know really really like that saying although i'm i'm technically supposed to be an expert so we're just gonna gloss right over that. look look you know what it's fine look there's only so much you're gonna know um you know uh i will take that i will take that hall pass thank you uh um but yeah so it, it it's just like i love that we're in that space now where like everything where you can just have as many dinos as you want and it doesn't have to be the like yes the 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 Not alphas every single one of them has to be represented in content like on screen yeah in a theatrical film you can dive into this rich universe that the creators have built like there is so much more that feeds into this canon than just the theatrical movies themselves yeah and we have been given license to draw from that and that is incredibly exciting for us because it opens up the possibility of new species new silhouettes um Oh, God, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. No, it's, it's, very exciting. yeah, I'm very excited. Well, and then, yeah, we'll just roll into Carnotaurus, which is do it, three Carnos carning. Three Carnos carning. Dying. Carna, no. Oh. Uh, Carnos. That was, that was a, that was real sad. Uh, on the, th- oh, um, th- three French hens. Three French hens. No, wait. Three French hens. Two turtle. So three Carnos. No, hold on. Three French hens, two turtle doves. Uh, yes, sorry. Um, uh, what was four? Uh, the uh, four calling birds. Yeah, four Stiggy Mollocks. Three Carnotaurus. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Carnosaur, the Carnotaurus, Carnotaurus, Carnotaurus. Um, I mean, the Carnotaurus is the other is the other one of my favorite dinosaurs growing up. Of course. And so when when the Fallen Kingdom trailer first came out and I get fucking two of my favorite or maybe not even the just maybe the second trailer, but like getting two like growing up having like my favorite dinos and none of them being represented on film other than Parasaurolophus, um, which Parasaurolophus I think is not even in my top five, I think is number six. Yeah. But is you know, that's like, like, that's what I would jokingly where it's like, if somebody who doesn't know dinosaurs asks me what my favorite dinosaurs are, yeah. I give them something like Parasaurolophus. But if they're like a dinosaur person, I'm like, all right, we got Stiggy Mullock, we got Carnotaurus, we got Shenosaurus, we got Shentungosaurus. Like, oh, that was a cool one. That's you, a cool one. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes. I like, if, if you know that I'm going to give you like the real answer, but if you don't know, I'll be like, well, Parasaurolophus is amazing and it's great. At least your favorite dinosaurs are still technically qualified as dinosaurs. Yeah. I was a brontosaurus. And I'm I pretty mean, sure that that was like identified as not yeah, a yeah. dinosaur. And now it kind of is again. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, the name's too good not to use. 
you know, or it could be like Quetzalcoatlus, which is like, but been like a, a Jurassic mainstay because the Kenner toy was something I always wanted as a kid. Yeah. And it's like $400 on eBay for like an, unbu- for a uh, sealed box. But Carnotaurus was ever since the Lost World book has been a dinosaur I've always wanted to see on screen. Yes. And, and, you know, and the Kenner toy also was something that was very popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I ever told the story on the podcast, but. So I had a friend. That's the one that has the the battle damage piece that comes out. Of yeah, the yeah. Scratch. Yes, that is a cool toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this so as a kid, we're all you know we're all drinking Jurassic Park toys. Well, the Carnotaurus, I feel like we even knew as a kid was rare, and then one oh, of yeah. our and our one of our friends would say that he had the Carnotaurus and we're like, no, you're a pathological liar. He'd be like, no, I've got the Carnotaurus. And we're like, you're lying. We never saw it because we knew he was fucking lying. He was lying. Bastard. Lying bastard. So the Carnotaurus was always this important dinosaur for me growing up. And also like, that was a a real close call. That was bad. Um, But, and also, you know, because most of my favorite dinosaurs, they're all uh, vegetarians, herbivores. Carnotaurus is my one meat eater that I love. Oh. And, uh, uh, because I'm a gentle creature. Um, Yes. But the Carnotaurus. See that about you. (laughs) But the Carnotaurus is, is just such a cool looking dinosaur. And the idea that we got it on screen and the toy, which has the most adorable chomp, which I just can sit there all day just like... Is just like the most fun in the world. And it's the first, um, I believe it was the first Mattel toy that I bought that wasn't like a minifigure. It was definitely one of the first ones that hit shelves. Yeah. Um, Yes, it was. 100% was. I have to say, the first time that we got, we call them first shots. It's basically like the plant uses essentially whatever plastic they have lying around based on what they're running in their production lines at the time. So you will literally end up with like day glow pink and neon orange, like Carnos. That's like the mystery airhead flavor. It's exactly right. Um, So the first time that we got like our first shots in plastic of, of that toy, I did exactly what you were talking about where you just sit there and you're like trialing the feature over and over and it is such a satisfying feature payoff. Like, I am so happy with how that toy turned out. Like, it just, it's satisfying. It's a weird. I want, it's I want. It's like ASMR. I was, I just was literally going to say, Victoria, if you're listening, please just do like 30 minutes of like. Yes. <laughs> I will watch it. Like, I would just fall asleep to that every night. Yep, same. Oh, I just same. need to get my cat to just like press the button for Done. me and just like fall asleep to it. Train, train, but yeah, car, train car, penny. Carnotaurus, super special. And again, for me, when I'm when I'm when I was thinking about this list, it's like, what am what is this? What is? I'm like, it's the the joy of tidying up. I'm like, what's the joy of dino toying up? Yes, you know, and like the Carnotaurus is just that's why. It, I I have to say, like, I think in looking at the line, like we're obviously tremendously proud of everything that we've done. But if you have to pick a couple of standouts where we really feel like we delivered on the character in such an authentic and such a compelling way, like the Carno is easily like a top three item for me in terms of things that I'm the most proud of. Like, I love that item. I think it's beautiful to look at. Um, I think that it nails the character from the film. I think that the feature is exactly right. And it's 20 bucks. 
Like I'm just, I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I'm so proud of it. And I love that people have really rallied around it. And I think for a lot of people, like it's their favorite toy in the entire line. Oh yeah. And that's really thrilling to see like the magic of all of those elements coming together and just delivering on it's the right item. It's the right price price point, right character, right feature. So proud of it. Just so proud of it. I hope we get to see more Carno in the next Jurassic movie. Me too. All right, two turtle doves, two turtle doves, uh, two legacy collections, nope. the figures. Nope. Um, hold on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, there's it's too long. Two legacy sure. figures, just the f- 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 No, I mean, <laughs> you got your you got your Alan, you got your Ellie, you got your uh you got your Dr. Grant, you got your Dr. Sattler, you got Muldoon and you got uh Dr. Malcolm. Oh, are we talk and we're talking are we I'm, talking just the human figures? Just the f- those four human figures. Oh, I thought yes. we were. Oh God, thank God! I thought we were going to deep dive on like the spinosaurus. <laughs> I, l- I still have friggin' PTSD from that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. No, the spinosaurus. Who needs the spinosaurus? No, look, we're not going to go into it today. Yep. Well, that that's. I'm glad that, I've had <laughs> too much wine. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna. That's going to be a separate Patreon bonus episode where we just talk about that and the spinosaurus oh for five hours. No, oh um, God. no, no, no. The the figures because again, like I was joking before. Four, you know, there's a hundred Darth Vader figures. You yes. could just collect Darth Vader Star Wars figures, Correct. and you would have shelves. Yeah. Um, but the thing, and I think it, it was such a come to Jesus moment in some ways for a lot of Jurassic Park fans because we've never had those figures. We've had those figures once. There was a series one, series two. Oh, great! You got your, you got your Doctor Sattler. And then you got your Dr. Sattler with a repaint. And then you have your Laura Linney figure from Congo, which is essentially the same mold except with Alan's with uh, with Grant's pants. Yeah. Uh, for the Congo line, because the so much of the the Kenner Congo line, especially the figures, were just repaints of Jurassic re- stuff. They reused tooling from Jurassic. Yes, they I did. I did not know that. Yes. No, that's why my <sighs> one of my probably my favorite action figure of all time is actually my Laura Linney uh dr karen ross congo figure i've i've written essays about that figure yes i i love that figure so much it's essentially just a repaint of the ellie figure got it like that's like it's just did they partially retool it is the head different uh no the head and the body are the same i think there's some mold like there's some features and then it looks like the legs are are grant's legs Oh, like their pants. Whereas, like you know, Ellie wore uh, khaki khaki mm-hmm. shorts. Um, okay, I'm so, fascinated by this. So, uh, so uh, what? And what I mean by come to Jesus moment is that the idea it's like we've never had to experience having multiple figures, you know, multiple Grants, multiple Ellies. But this is the first time in 25 years where it's like, oh wow, we get to see our favorite characters redone again. Yeah. And there, I mean, then the reality is, is that they actually look like the people. And that's <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like and that is what I really wanted to make sure that we delivered on was like, you know. They actually look like, like to me, I look at that Alan Grant. And I'm like, that freaking looks like Sam Neill. Yes. It yes. looks like Sam Neill. Um, and obviously, you know, Malcolm's just now flowing out to stores. Uh, he was kind of our late bloomer in the legacy figures line, but he's out there now and we have waited him so that you should not have any trouble finding him. No, I feel like I've seen people posting in the he's group everywhere. I, I feel like I've seen people posting in the group that, um, you know, big people posting He's stuff there. around. Uh, yeah, I He's think it's there. I think it's these weird waves of like, 
you know, the, the, the fun is in the hunt, but then sometimes you're like, oh, like literally next month they're everywhere. Yeah. You know, like I remember when the legacy figures first came out, I was like, oh my God, like driving around to different targets around yeah. LA. And then it's like, oh, well now I can get Grant every day if I wanted to, you know, and it's just like, but I mean, you know, the fun, you know, where's the fun in that? Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it's fun, but yes. yeah, the legacy figures is just, it's, it's a hard balance to strike of like trying to get it to where everyone that wants one can find one but that you don't have too much where people feel like it's oversaturated. Yeah. Like that is a very hard balance. Oh, I can't even imagine having to that be part of your job. You know, you have to think about that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just think that a lot of people and what I love and I think from what I've seen, it's like, I mean, we've just never had this before. And it, it almost is like Jurassic Park wasn't just this one off accident movie. It was, Oh, this is something that's going to last and stand the test of it's time. It's a cultural this is, milestone. Yeah, You're, there's your Luke Skywalker. There's your, you know, 100%. The, like your Princess Leia, and it's like, okay, now we have another version of Ellie and Grant and Muldoon yeah. and Malcolm, and it's like, whoa, we've never had this before. Yes. And I think for a lot of people, it's like <laughs> you're almost like come to grips with your mortality. You know, it's not just looking at those old Kenner figures anymore. You're like, yeah. oh, no, wait, that was 25 years ago. And now we're here. And you're just like, oh. can I tell you like that? Those are the figures that I, like I don't we have a ton of product, obviously, at the office. Like I get samples of, of everything that we make. I have certain things that like I will order more of or certain things that I will like hoard uh, and keep back for myself. Um, one of the only things that I have really like hoarded at my desk and kept back for myself, um, anytime that I see like a, like a plus plus execution of one of the legacy figures where it's like mint packaging, mint, you know, tampos on the face, like, uh, or sorry, DIJ, um, like looking at, looking at those figures, like those are the things that like, if I see one come across where like I'm looking through a, a, a case pack and I'm like, Oh, that's a really, really good grant or that's a really <laughs> good Ellie or that's a really good Malcolm. Like I hold those back for myself. I definitely have more than a couple of some of them. Yep. Because I'm just like, no it's just, shame in that I'm just like in bed, just like, mm, no shame. In they that feel game. good. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think it's, I think that collection is important for yep. more than just liking toys. And I think that collection is meaningful in a way that I think kids will also like those figures, but I think in some ways the, that legacy collection of the figures is also really important for people who've been here well, since day one, you know? So that was actually the entire inspiration behind the legacy collection. Uh, so, I mean, that was not, I think when we first started concepting what that line was going to be, God, it went through so many different naming conventions. It was like 25th anniversary collection, Jurassic park collection. It was like all sorts of different things where we knew that it was we knew that the 25th anniversary was the film of the film was an opportunity for us to go back and revisit and celebrate those classic moments and the classic characters. Um, and for us, like our team as fans wanted to make sure that we did that right. Uh, we worked really, really hard to get the branding exactly right where it tied nicely in with the fallen kingdom line, but also still felt very differentiated and something that we knew that collectors would want to keep because it looked special. Uh, and we went through a lot of different exercises and ultimately landed on the gates as being like, you know, that kind of through line with the branding element, the classic T-Rex, like sexy Rexy and gates. (laughs) 
uh, with you know those great flames uh, um, in in the uh, the gate lamps. Like those are the elements of the branding for the Jurassic Legacy collection that we're like, okay, this is what's going to resonate with this audience. Here are the characters that we want to go back and celebrate. You've got, you know, within that uh, core feature assortment, you've got your Dilophosaurus, you know, with the spitting feature. Mm -hmm. You've got your now your Gallimimus with the with the Mm -hmm. running feature with the classic paint application. Um, You've got your classic human figures like we intended for that line to be kind of the definitive celebratory line for Jurassic Park. Yeah. I Technically, mean, it we were allowed to dig back into JP one through three, um, but the the I mean, inspiration you, you know you, you you got the Lost World uh, you yeah, got Junior in there they're in there got yes. the Pachycephalosaurus exactly right you've you got, got the yeah. Pteranodons from JP three like, that's exactly right but at the end of the day it really was supposed to be a celebration of the most iconic moments from those films and I think that JP one is still you know I, my God. I think it just got inducted into like mm-hmm. the, into the hol- uh, it's National like a, Film Registry. It's Registrate. a culturally significant film. <laughs> it, got, it got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Exactly. Fuck yeah. Um, you know. But we really intended for this to be a celebration of that first film. Uh, and I don't know. Like I, I am I'm extremely happy with how it turned out. Like yeah. those are, if you look at my desk and the things that like I have kind of hoarded and, <laughs> and the things that I re- have responded to the most as the person kind of overseeing all of this, like those, those were the ones where I'm like, okay, the legacy figures are, are, I hate to say my favorites because I have a lot of favorites in the line, but like it was the things that I'm like, these are special and I want to keep these. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's why for me, yeah, it's number two. Well, and, and also with legacy, like it's a moment in time where we obviously have new stuff in the pipeline for legacy for twenty nineteen. Oh, but, cool. but I don't know. Like I don't know how long. Sure. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to continue. Um, I think that there's something to be said for you know celebrating the nostalgia of the franchise and like that I think that that's going to continue to resonate with consumers, especially with adult collectors. Like it has legs. I just don't know how long they are. Well, I mean, I, that's always the thing that I keep thinking about as we're talking about this. I mean, it's dinosaurs are bigger than Jurassic Park, and yep. so I think that there's something to be said about the energy at which you focus on using Jurassic as a vehicle for our love of dinosaurs yeah, and where those two things kind of meet, but also kind of where those diverge, you know, because (laughs) I always joke, it's like, can you imagine somebody who likes Jurassic Park, but doesn't like dinosaurs? No, that's an insane prospect. The idea of like, Oh, Jurassic Park, great movie. Really, you know, perils of science or whatever, but like dinosaurs, lame, like Jurassic, the love of dinosaurs will always come first. That's like saying I love the movie aliens, but I hate aliens. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No, no. hundred percent. So that's always the thing for me of like, yeah, yeah, I think the uh, Jurassic Park will always be a vehicle for our love of dinosaurs, yeah. and I think that's that's just what we're always gonna it's we're gonna people, treasure that. Yeah, it's also people who are passionate about like the old school, like the fossils and the paleontology, and also and like all of that. But it's also people who, you know, 
you're taking those interests and those things that like we were the kids who were digging in the dirt when we were little hoping to find fossils and shells and you're having this magical moment where those things come to life. And so yeah. I, I think that you I think that you do. I think that at your heart, in your heart, to really be a fan and be able to, you know, celebrate Jurassic in the right way, there has to be that inherent desire there to see that come to life. Because hmm. for me, like I had I had that experience when I was little where like I was hugely interested in like I had my dinosaur illustration books. I wanted to learn everything that I could like. And that was something that I probably failed to mention, like at the beginning of all of this is like I was that kid who I like sent off for like the microscopes and the slides and the oh, fossil so specimens cool. and all of that when I was little. I loved going to natural history museums. I begged my parents to take me to like the science center in Charlotte when I was little. Oh. Like those were my favorite things. And Jurassic was kind of an extension of that where all of these passions that I had when I was little, like up to, because I think Jurassic came out when I was maybe like nine, I think. I think it was nine or 10. Um, it came out right around that time. And I had been fostering this love of paleontology and science and geology. Mm -hmm. um, and you're getting to see that come to life in a, in a yeah. way that is truly awe-inspiring. It's like all in one package. Almost. Oh, God. I think the first time that moment where like Hammond is like he takes them out and like they're they're seeing like the valley like the watering hole scene where all of the dinosaurs are there and watering they're seeing hole. them on screen at the like the very first time. Like I think that as a nine year old, like I'm pretty sure I cried. Ugh, like I, it was magical. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I, like even what I was saying earlier. It's like Jurassic Park had all those elements, and it made me interested in wanting to know how movies were made. So yes, so it was literally the whole package. Like yes. the movie had everything for everybody. It had. Yeah, all of our passions like wrapped up into yeah. everything, which is well, cool. I think about that. And that's really funny. That probably is why this is my favorite movie, because not only did it indulge those things that like I, I have always loved, but the other piece of this is that like this also was probably the inception of my love of science fiction and horror because it was almost like, you know, yeah, it was like a horror light type yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah living at that that crossroads between horror and science fiction and fantasy, and this may have been kind of the the starting point and like the the gun that fired that that ignited that yeah, yeah. for me. No, I just had image of like a velociraptor holding a sword, fighting people. <laughs> you know the fantasy element. Blue at the Ren Fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yep. So good. Well, we've reached our last thing, oh which is like, a, which is the whole thing. Oh my god! A partridge in a pear tree. It's only you know an entire segment of my toy line. Yes, but because I feel like nobody talks about it, and it was really my entry back into the world. Because, like I said, Carnotaurus was probably was I I am ninety nine percent sure was the first figure I actually purchased in action scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or but, just in general. Um, of of the Fallen Kingdom of the Mattel oh, yeah. Jurassic okay, okay. toy line, gotcha. but what the first thing I probably but the first thing that I did purchase and that I got into was the partridge in a pear tree, the entire the, what I read the, the entire entire minifig, minifig line. line, yeah, the minifigs which I have like 
I've got the Suchomimus, I got Stiggy, I got the Carnotaurus, I got Rexy, I got an Apatosaurus, and I got Blue. They're all hanging out. Blue was in a thing of wine earlier. Did babies. That photo I've already probably posted at this point. Like I told you, when we did our launch party, like I actually, like the bar that we had our launch party at for my entire cross-functional team, um, I had the bartender come up with like custom cocktails and then I brought <sighs> so cool. like bags of the minifigures and had him no. put the minifigures in everybody's drinks. And so at, from the like the very first thing that I have that's like, oh, the line is out there. It's literally a picture of like a Moscow mule with blue hanging off. Oh, the my cup. God. Yep. That's so cool. Go back through my Instagram and find it. Well, and I don't there's so many people who do this, but that but I really kind of embraced it was having the minifigs, having to bring them with me, kind of carry them on me. Um I mean, even though uh, a friend of the show who's you've heard before, Maddie, yeah, has yeah. Uh, has just brings I her. I follow her now. She, I, like she brings her figures everywhere. And she's like, you coward, bring the full size figures with you. And I'm like, OK, you know, I but but seriously, for, I want to be friends with her. She's she's the best. Um, but, you know, for me, it's like bringing these minifigs around, bringing with me to London, bringing with me to uh to oregon like they're fantastic travel accessories yeah like i feel like that's when we first started talking even was just like i'm just you even like issued a challenge you're like because when the jurassic park ride was closing yeah you were like oh get a photo of like the minifig on the ride oh my god and then uh, i did you sent me because you were sending me pictures yeah yeah. god this is a long time ago i know well yeah Yeah. r.i.p jurassic park ride but uh i was like well i have to do this so the last day i um there's one photo of Rexy like on the ride, but then one of the, I think it was the last ride that yes. I took on the Jurassic Park ride. Yes. I put the Indoraptor like, cause I got to sit in the front and I okay. put the Indoraptor down on the thing. And so for me, the minifigs, because that was the thing of like, I never thought I would get back into collecting action figures, mostly just for space reasons. That's why like when I first got into Jurassic Park, I was really into collecting the trading cards, the minifigs. Again, they don't take up a lot of space. Oh yeah. But so for me, that was my entry point back into collecting Jurassic stuff. Uh, but then if you look at my desk at home, it's literally covered with like 30 of these minifigures. <laughs> I'm like, my entire desk is taken up by minifigs. I have a lot of them on mine too. And, it, and it's just the thing of like, it's, yeah, if you can't necessarily get the full size figures, these, as we, I think we mentioned before of like, this Suchomimus looks exactly like the full size figure. The Carnotaurus looks like the full size figure. It's the same Blue sculpt. looks the same. Like that's crazy. It's a miniaturized version of the same sculpt. That's insane. Um, and so to me, I just really appreciate them because the reality is, is, is that for whatever your situation is, you can have these minifigs and they can be a little piece of Jurassic with you at all times, yeah. which I really like. And yeah, it's just a thing of like the figures, the, the full size figures are amazing, but it's like, for me, it's like, these are like the secret ingredient that like is always going to keep it alive for me. I so yeah, I don't know. And it's just, and it's one of those things where I'm like, nobody talks about them, but I love them. They're the best. They're so much fun. Um, and I will tell you, so here's some, here's some insights on our minifigs. Uh, so when we were initially figuring out how to do these, one of my biggest concerns uh, in going into the minifigure space was like, there's so much generic and private label mini dinosaurs that are out there. Like think about Amazon or Walmart you look at like they've got like this huge plastic bucket of mini dinos and it's like 50 figures for $10. How are you ever going to compete with that? 
And so it was where we kind of zeroed in on what are our points of differentiation, mm. blah, 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 marketing terminology. This is my <laughs> job. Um, but I really tried to hone in on what are our points of differentiation. And for us, it's like, okay, we have ownable characters. You have your blue, your T-Rex. In this case, you've got things like your Carno and Stiggy. And to your point, like we now have ownable sculpts and deco executions and all of that, that like we can mirror that in the miniaturized versions and essentially create a whole new scale for Jurassic World. So for 2018, we had two different scales of toys. So Matchbox had like this whole crazy deep offering around die cast. And also they had some, some die cast play sets. Uh, and these figures were specifically developed to interact with those vehicles from the die cast scale. So it was really cool for us to be able to say, you can build out your Jurassic world at two different scales and still play <laughs> in an organic way. Like regardless of, you know, what size you're playing in. Yeah, yeah. So this was more for on the go play. And the other thing that I loved <laughs> that was a fun piece of this, and I kind of translated this to our Comic-Con activation this last year, was we thought about, okay, we need something fun that's like a fun giveaway and a fun experiential thing that really is going to drive people to engage with the Jurassic brand at Comic-Con. And for us, like I had seen a bunch of photography on Instagram, like myself and the design team, because we're, we're very cognizant of everything that's going on around Jurassic and the social space. Like we, we try and we try and keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening. Um, and one of the things that we noticed was um, like just mini figures in different environments and as like a storytelling opportunity in the real world. So for us, what that translated to was I had um, we had them print out uh, these like foil stickers that were stuck on the blind bags that we gave away at Comic-Con that basically said like hashtag Jurassic World SDCC, blah, 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 um, to show your mini dinos having big adventures at, at Comic-Con. And so I love the idea of putting these mini figures in like environments like the Jurassic World ride or yeah, yeah. in our case, it was like them interacting with other things happening around Comic-Con and yeah. You know, if they're out in the wilderness and, you know, you're going on a hike or whatever and there's an opportunity for you to take some epic shot yeah. with our mini dinos, like, I love the idea that this is, like, a compact way for you to, like, take these on the go with you and have them be part of your experience. That's been, that, that's been the most fun so thing, yeah. And we've so much amazing user-generated content off the back of that. Like, it's been awesome. And all of this from us, like, looking at these and just thinking, like, Oh, you know, it's a it's a lower price point. It's accessible. It's a great impulse purchase. It's good for like when you're like, you know, you've got your kid with you as you're shopping at Walmart and it's in the check lane and blah, blah, blah. Like it is great from, you know, an incremental like impulse sales perspective. <laughs> and that's, you know, the commercial side of my brain operating. Sure. But also from a brand perspective, like a brand building perspective, I'm just thinking about like what you love to do. Like, I didn't prompt you to do that. Yeah. Like, I didn't say, like, hey, Steven, take these mini, mini dinos and, like, go out and take pictures of them having adventures in the real world. And you just did it. I mean, it just was... It lends itself I, to it. Yeah, it lends itself to it. And, and again, it's that thing of, like, 
again, I'm sorry, Maddie, I'm a coward, but <laughs> I, I'm she, I mean, she's bringing full size Carno, full size Indoor Raptor, like out and just fucking making the most amazing, oh God, doing the I'm most amazing photo- photography with them, you know, but I'll bring, I'll bring the mini figs, you know, it's like I got the uh, Belinda, the Baryonyx that I called her, uh, you know, with the original Baryonyx skeleton, yeah, with London Bridge, and then I failed at Comic Con because I really wanted to get the like end shot of like the lion with Rexy, yes, but I just couldn't get a good shot because the lions were sleeping. Yeah. But it, but I eventually took what I thought was an okay version. I mean, you did okay. You I, said I, that to me. I, yeah, yeah. I can I can improve, but I I thought that was pretty okay. But I I gave you a B. Thank you, thank you. Maybe a B plus. Thank you. I'll, I'll take the B plus. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's just that thing of like it's constantly now where it's like I with the with the minifig line, it's like I just want to find new creative ways that I can kind of incorporate them into my life, which yeah. is like as much as I love the figures and I and I love having the figures at home. The minifigs are something that I can take with me everywhere. Yeah. And so for me, that's why they're my partridge in a pear tree and why they're everywhere. And it's like. You know, it was just funny because I think a few of us were talking and it's like, you know, I think it was I was in Oregon because I lost Stiggy and my friend Faith was saying uh, a listener on the show. She was saying it's like, oh, you lost that Stiggy, but like maybe a kid will find it, you know, in the dirt, in the dirt around Crater Lake. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And it's also, you know, because they're only a few bucks, so it's not like a total loss. I love that. But then I was I went to the I went to a Target in Bend and that's when the first time I'd ever seen wave three of the, of the mini figs. Oh yeah. We had three waves of these. Yeah. And it's just like actually 28 different executions of the minifigures to collect in 2018. Oh shit. Fun fact. Fun. Yeah. I think I have them. I think I have them all. There's, um, the, in the blind bags, there's a collector poster. Yes. I, I'm, I think I have them all. I think like, I don't know if the like blue is different from which one to one, like when they're from, the different lines, but uh, blue is the same. Okay. Uh, the blue that is exclusive is the blue that's in the three packs, and it's because it has metallic. Deco. I don't have that one. Fun fact. But I do have, thanks to Maddie, I do have the metallic Indoraptor. Yes. And the, the and only the, and place you can get those is in the three packs. And then Legacy, for Legacy at Target, we also did, um, uh, and that was a really fun idea that um, myself and the design team had where we themed each one of the five packs to JP one, two and three. Yes. So for JP one, you've got like your classic, like your Dilophosaurus and your classic T-Rex, et cetera, et cetera. JP two, JP three. Yeah. Um, and that's another execution of the mini. So there are actually more than 28 to collect because you're factoring in the exclusives. So technically when you factor in the exclusives in the three packs and the five packs you've got way more than that you've got work to do steven i know i don't i don't have them all i don't have the brachiosaurus yet hey Um, i uh i think you have a friend that works for works for the what what oh hmm i wonder if i should ask her if maybe she could track one down for me no um no but i mean but i mean that was also but that was also part of the fun of getting them was was the chase was the opening who am i gonna get oh i love the whole like I love the whole thing that people say about like finding things in the wild. Um, And I know, you know, it's something that I like to acknowledge because we're all aware of it. We've all felt the growing pains of it. Like Jurassic world, this toy line performed phenomenally well this year. Uh, We worked really hard on our end to make sure that, you know, we addressed inventory issues as they were coming up. 
Um, I just don't think anyone realized how incredibly supportive people were going to be of this line. Like the velocity of the sales was just, I mean, it's something we just haven't, we didn't anticipate and haven't seen before. Um, and so I do think like we are going to be in a really good place going into 2019 because people, people being the, the retailers and the buyers, like understand the potential of this toy line. Um, we have a super strong proposition with Dino Rivals for 2019. Um, I do think that like there's going to be an awesome opportunity for like you to find even more of these dinosaurs at retail. And like, like I said, I love the whole idea of like finding things in the wild. I'm hoping it's not going to be as frustrating of a process for people moving forward. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. And obviously Toys R Us also threw a huge kink in oh, of things. Of course. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's. Even if people are frustrated, it's also like it's part of that community. Yeah. Like I, this, I mean, I'll tell you a story that was super funny. So when Jurassic World was coming out for the, hit my mic. Um, <laughs> when Jurassic World was coming out and it was like, that was when I was really, um, for you know, Jurassic World, I didn't have a podcast or anything when that was coming out. Yeah. I, I wrote it back in like 2015. Yeah. 2015. Yes. I, I, I wrote a book, like a book collection of essays that had come out about Jurassic Park and kind of as like a primer for the franchise before, before this new, new second wave and phase of Jurassic was going to happen. But, yes. but it was that thing of like that, but that's when I, that's like when I started talking to Chris from Jurassic Outpost and like starting to get back into the community in a meaningful way. And it was it was a time when it was like, okay, cool, like now Jurassic World's happening. Like, what are the first what's gonna be the first piece of merch? What's gonna be the thing that's gonna like, okay, now we can get something with Jurassic World branding on it and stuff and get back into it. And the first thing were the Kellogg's fruit snacks. <laughs> and I remember there was like a good like few months where everyone was like banding together, like, oh, did you see the fruit snacks here? Did you see fruit snacks there? Like I like lost my mind because it's like I don't really care, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to be part of this. Uh, the fruit snacks are actually pretty good, all things considered. But I haven't uh, had them this year. I've been all about like the Pez and the oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the Raptor Claw the, the ring, ring pop. Yeah, me yep. too. Um, I took those to a meeting a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. Um, I had a I had a Halloween party and they were out. Oh, hell everywhere. yeah. But, um, but it was this thing of like, I don't think anybody really cares about these Kellogg snacks, but because it's literally the first item yeah, the first of this new product out there. Yeah. Yes. So everyone was like kind of banding together and looking and it's like, did you go, did you see it here? Oh shit. Something spotted in the, you know, Philadelphia Safeway or, you know, or whatever. And it, was, and it was this thing where like, because I had like got caught up in the fever, it was like, I could not, it was like. Oh, I got a minute. I can I can run into this Albertsons that I'm have no reason to go into and maybe just check and see if they have the thing. <laughs> and so I think ultimately it's it's as much as the real world realities of how this stuff plays out. I think that there is a fun in like us having to all get together and be like, where can we find this? Oh, I mean, there's so many stories in this in the Sea Jurassic Right group of like, oh hey, I don't. I can't find this thing and then somebody finding it and sending it to that person, you yeah. know, like that's just like, I love such that. a sweet I, thing. I have to say like that has been, cause I mean, Oh my God. Like in a perfect world, of course, yeah. anytime someone is not able to find something, I would love to be able to send it to them. Like it would be fantastic to be able to be like, Hey, you can't find that. Reach out to me. I can, I can hook you up. Like, I can't do it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not, first of all, it's just not physically possible. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way that, like, I, I think that, 
you know, I'm like, okay, I can't answer every single question about availability in every country around the entire oh, yeah, world. Yeah, like, yeah. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I would love to, but I can't. Um, but the other piece of this is we have this incredible community that is just so connected and supportive and like I cannot get over like watching I read through like comment sections on people's posts where it's like hey if you haven't been able to find this reach out to me and like we can do a swap or something like that and everybody is like don't feed into you know the price gouging with like the scalpers and all of that I'm like oh thank god like even though me personally I cannot sit here and you know, alter distribution in different <laughs> countries. Like I just, I don't have that kind of power. Would be great if I did, yeah. but I don't. Um, I love that there is this amazing supportive network of people who are all just working in service of getting people the toys that they love and getting those in their hands. Like I just, I don't know. It's It's been extremely inspiring to see um, and very, yeah, very heartwarming and inspirational and just makes me want to like go out there and just keep making even better toys and like, you know, good toys that get great distribution for <laughs> everyone involved in every country. Like that's my dream. Ugh. It's not the reality. It's never going to be the reality, but knowing that we have this awesome network to fall back on that all works together in concert. I mean, I look awesome. Yeah. I mean, look, life finds a way, right? Life finds a way. We have an entire song about that. <sighs> Well, this has been amazing. Oh, this has been two two hours. Can you believe we sat here talking for two hours? Goodness. But yeah, thank you so much for going on this journey. Thanks everyone for listening. If you're, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, wherever, whenever I decide to drop this, <laughs> you're spending time. Someday. You're Someday. maybe you're opening up a Jurassic Park toy. Maybe you're giving somebody in your life a Jurassic Park toy, a dinosaur. Doesn't have to be, you know, whatever dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Dino Rivals, the whole thing. Maybe even some Legos if you're feeling very generous. Because my mom, like one time, was like, "Man, I can't believe I bought you Legos. Those were expensive. They're not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> but They're still not great." Cheap. They're great though yeah but whatever you're doing hopefully you're spending some time with some dinosaurs regardless um if people want to follow you Britt, where can they follow you they can where can they find you uh you can follow me at brit shots b-r-i-t-t-s-h-o-t-t-s um i will say i i think we already prefaced it earlier in earlier in the podcast but it is my personal account Jurassic stuff does pop up eventually um, every now and then, but you're going to see a lot of my cat Gigi and a lot of snacks. Well, look, if you want to see Gigi... Um, oh, she cute. Um, uh, yeah, and Gigi the ragdoll. If you oh want to follow God, her... We're going to like just... You were going to plug her. Plug everything. Plug my cat account. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Um, she is looking very cute right now. Oh. And then, yeah, you can always follow me at Stephen Ray Morris and all the things. Uh, let me know what you're looking forward to in 2019 as far as Jurassic goes, what you're doing, what your favorite dinosaur is, because um, that's a question I'm asking for people in the mini so they can call in. Uh, all that stuff. Thanks for hanging out with me in 2018, and I think 2019 is going to be an even, even though there's no Jurassic movie coming out, that means just we, we're going to make it's going to be even more impressive. Uh, of how big of a Jurassic year it's going to be, I think. I agree. So um, until next time, you know, hold on to your butts. <laughs>
Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Right on Instagram, See Jurassic Right on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.